0: This is
1: You print the inside of the van? The inside of the van is a volcano. Just find something and make it look like something that looks like a print. We don't have enough for a conviction, fine. But I need to get them in a room. right now they are burning the money bands in some bullshit safe house. All their alibis were paid for a week in advance... We're not going to pull any DNA off of this or off the switch car. And that, as they say, is that. This is the Not Fucking Around crew. So find me something that looks like a print so I can grab one of these assholes and shake their tree. Because this Not Fucking Around thing is about to go both ways. You have to be willing to rewash a movie.
0: Oh, hell yeah.
1: Clip, clip. Ploppery bananas. If they
2: plop, he's going to aggregate the Lillard, long-range three.
1: Yeah. Their defense is
3: atrocious. atrocious. John
1: Ponsor, the rock star. the right cowboy. People. People. Tiso, Tiso is the official watch of the NBA.
3: Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm, I'm
1: oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. No, we love China. We love no playing here. It comes a dunk.
3: Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Ah! Yeah. All right, we're back. Uh, this is Swish FM, Chris Wintelkin and Ben Krah. Ben, it's been a minute. We've been down the rabbit hole the last few episodes doing a lot of uh, deep, deep soul searching, sort of wandering, uh, you know, wondering, wondering aloud about our relationship to professional sports. Yeah. Sort of an existential conversation. We've all of been it. Having. All of it. We're exploring and, all of it, Chris. Uh, you know, the verdict is in, Ben. <laughs> we are huge fans of the game. The NBA is very good. We
4: love the hoops. Basketball is basketball
3: back. Basketball is back. We're very, very relieved and
4: happy to say. Yep. Uh, can basketball
3: is no, is no different, Ben, than professional wrestling. They are effectively the same sport. And guess what, Ben? Uh, newsflash, basketball and professional wrestling um, really aren't that much different than Professional movies. Uh, we <laughs> we love uh, scripted entertainment, folks. And uh, this week we are revisiting a Swish FM spin off, sort of a series within a series. You guessed it, Ben. It's the Rewatchables. Yes. The podcast that we invented. It's uh, the podcast where we explore the best films, we discuss the greatest. Cinematic achievements, both in the canon of Ben Affleck, and then also the entire motion picture universe at large. Yeah. So, with that said, joining us today, we are very lucky to have uh, DJ Live Events producer, hip hop connoisseur, mixtape master, cinephile, Ben, your creative uh, counterpart on Smash TV. It's a uh, friend of the podcast, Brendan Shields, B. Thank you very much for joining us on The Rewatchables. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. Uh, Delighted to be here, fellows. Uh, Professional movie watcher myself. Great segue there, Chris. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am excited to talk about our movie tonight.
4: We love movies. We love professional movies, specifically. Yeah. Um, yes, Smash G- TV. Thi- and this is a professional. This is a pro job, folks. This, <laughs> this, this, is a pro this, this was done by the uh, by the not, not Fucking Around crew, if you know what I mean. <laughs>
3: this is a pro job. Yeah. It's There's no question about it.
4: This has all the telltale signs of a pro job. Yep. This is, uh, yeah, this is the triumphant return of Beast Shields. Um, my partner um, from Smash TV, which, of course, is the video equivalent of Swish FM. Uh, in case there's any confusion a separate entity but um separate but equal i would say um so so thrilled (laughs) to have (laughs) to have be be back on the pod um yeah, and we last are, time was um, a
2: way uh, sadder occasion, so I'm happy to. That's true. Talk yeah, about this true. movie tonight. Yeah. there's really v- very few th- sad things about this movie.
4: Yeah, no, there. We are here to celebrate um, a a a life that is still ongoing. In fact, um, that is the life of a of a of a film, a very important mm-hmm. film, I would argue. Um, and uh, yeah, we are excited to enter a a um, a new a new member into our cinematic canon, uh, alongside such other important films as, um, the town, uh, AKA the bean town and, uh, surviving Christmas. This is in fact our, if I'm not mistaken, Chris, this is, we are making some history here tonight. Yeah. Um, this is our first rewatchable, which is again, the series, um, and, uh, concept that we created and invented, um, uh, a a spinoff series that is, um, for our podcast. This is the first in, uh, in, our, uh, in our Pantheon, I believe, that is not, in fact, a Ben Affleck uh, picture. Um, a lot of I, people are going to think I this did is...
2: not know that was a requirement. And yeah. when you said the not fucking around crew, did not know it was a direct callback to. A yeah. Yes.
4: To the Beantown. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's not a. Yeah. It's certainly not a requirement for the rewatchables that it be an Affleck picture. <laughs> but he's certainly very much our north star. This could um, be time appropriate
4: for him, though. Like he was. He easily could have been in this film. Like he was in
2: Dogma. He was in Mallrats. You know, mm-hmm. not sure. too long before this movie
4: came. Yeah. Out. Yeah. This would have been right in his in his sweet spot. Um,
2: Voyage like- Voyage of the Mimi. One of his finest works. Oh my god. Wait,
4: Voyage of the Mimi? Jeez. I don't know if I'm familiar with yeah, that. Yeah, dude. Oh, come on.
0: I'm Ben Affleck, and I'm in the Arctic Test Chamber for the United States Army Research Institute of Environmental Medicine in Natick, Massachusetts. This is the place where some of the writers from Voyage of the Mimi came to learn about things like hypothermia. The people here study how humans react in different kinds of
4: environments. Like
2: cold. I can't believe you know it, Chris. I'm pretty excited. Well, are you Kidding me? Okay. We had to watch it in science class. Yeah, he. Yeah, he, we watched it in elementary school. He's like
3: well, 13 we'll years old.
4: F- yeah, another time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and First maybe next, child, maybe next like, episode. Oh, boy, oh boy. Um, but All no, right. so, but no. What are we? What are we here? What have we gathered here tonight to uh, to to analyze? Ben, to pay tribute we, we've to. We've been
3: thinking. Yeah, we've been thinking a lot about uh, on Swiss FM. We've been thinking a lot about corrupt referees. We've been thinking about gambling. We've been thinking about risk taking, mm-hmm. and today's film touches on all those things.
4: It touches on all those um, things and so much more. It touches on, yep. on on greed, which is another thing that we've yep. uh, we've been exploring. It touches on on human um, on human frailty, on human um, you know morality, on moral ambiguity, moral shortcomings. Um yeah. it touches on everything under the sun basically in 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 modern day American life frankly it's like I said it's a capital i capital f important film and we are here to discuss it This is the not fucking around crew Have we actually said the title of the of the film? Yet? <laughs> we did not. we were watching Rat Race. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so here we go. Rat Race <laughs> Rat Race is a 2001 comedy uh it was made by jerry zucker give us spend some broad strokes about the movie the basis of the plot and and be chime in here too basis of the plot some of the actors in the film and then we can dive into some of the specifics and minutiae uh the things that really popped for us but um let's just give some broad strokes like what is the you know the basic plot of the film
4: um well Rat race is it's an ensemble picture it is it's a comedy i would say it's also an adventure an action a drama yeah. um a tragedy at times um it is it has romance it has spills it has thrills it has um you know r- literally it, if you anything you could ever ask for in a movie if you like movies like we do you're gonna get it from this picture um uh-huh. it is a um yeah, some of the some of the names. I mean, it's gonna t- it would take all episode to list through this this uh, this cast here, um, but some of the names that we're dealing with here. I mean, in my mind, Todd Billing g- goes to Seth Green. Um, yeah. Uh, other heavy hitters: Brecken Meyer. Um, let's see, we've got Whoopi. We've got Whoopi, folks. We've got John Lovitz. We have Rowan Atkinson. Mister Bean is here. We've got John Cleese. John Cleese, legend, legend. Um, I mean, so many, uh, you know, celebrity cameos. Um, if you can think of an actor that you've seen in a movie that you've mm-hmm. enjoyed in a movie, they're pro- they're most likely in this movie. This um, one, yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't want to uh, monopolize the mic here too much. So, so, B, uh, do you have any any big picture? Thoughts, takeaways, would you... Yeah, do we want to start to get into the plot, the backstory a little bit here?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, just real quick. Uh, I will say when we, we started talking about what kind of movie we wanted to watch, there was a lot of different themes, uh, one of which was which was greed. And, uh, yeah, we we just really hit on everything with a movie essentially about greed and a, if not corrupt... Referee than an inept referee, a very which, controversial, or, referee, a controversial, a controversial referee, a controversial, referee. Yeah, yeah. These yeah, were, yeah. were two of the themes we talked about. And uh, <laughs> the more I watched this movie, I was like, wow, it really does hit on both it's, of those things, yeah. yeah
3: so, well. the film, the movie, the movie, um, you know, very succinctly is, is basically about a team of people who are given they're, they're put into this competition, uh, they're going to race. From uh, Las Vegas, uh, Casino in Las Vegas to Silver City, New Mexico, a train station where there is a storage locker that contains a duffel bag filled with $2 million. Uh, Each one of the contestants, the teams is given a key to a locker and the first person to reach the locker gets the big bag of money. Um, This is a uh, a, a sort of a challenge that's put forward by Mr. What was
4: his name? Sterling? Donald. Not Sterling. First name Donald. um, uh, Donald. uh, uh, It's like, it's not Donald Sterling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's not Donald Sterling. It's not Donald Trump. It is Donald Sinclair. um, Donald Sinclair. Played Ah, played by the inimitable John John Cleese, um, who is an eccentric billionaire, uh, casino hotel magnate owner. And something of a gambling addict, I would say. Um, <laughs>
2: Self-described as eccentric.
4: Yeah, self, self-proclaimed self eccentric. Um, now, unbeknownst to the
3: teams competing for this $2 million, these six uh, teams competing for, for the money, all of Mr. Sinclair's friends are in fact betting on who will win the race. Yes. So we have some high rollers here betting on which team of human beings will be the first uh you know group to successfully get the two million dollars. it's like Almost.
2: a chill the most dangerous game or surviving the game where <laughs> <laughs> really it
4: is just Shout betting. out iced
2: tea it yeah. is betting on yep. human beings to do something possibly ferociously yeah first. it's a rat race it, it is yeah. very it's much a rat, a rat, rat race, race and and there are no,
4: there are no rules There are no rules, Mm. and this group of men, and they are all men, we should note, um, from different backgrounds, uh, there were clearly some, uh, some Saudi royalty type looking, uh, members of the group, um, 2001 diverse, (laughs) most likely some Texas, uh, oil tycoons, um, definitely, you know, some, some finance bros mixed in, it's a diverse group, all male, um, and yeah they are quite literally treating this group of people like uh lab rats um it is a rat race and they are the scientists um yeah. uh who are gathered to to observe you know this experiment um and by observe i mean uh bet money and delight in the um you know the the uh series of of unfortunate events that befall our our various characters so
2: I don't yeah. want to jump ahead, but I do want to talk about the various things these guys are betting on in the background. Oh, yeah.
4: This is not the only bet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Definitely, definitely. Uh, before we get into
3: that, let's quickly talk about the teams and the characters in the teams. Sure, uh, just sure. Just give some some brief description of who is competing. R- randomly and selected. Into, yeah, and then we can dive into some of the... Uh, things from the movie that really popped right so we have uh the 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 teams uh racing out to silver silver city new mexico are Dwayne and blaine cody uh they are they are brothers we have uh the tandem of businesswoman meryl jennings and her mother vera uh, we have the football referee, Owen Templeton, played by Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh,
4: Cuba, I forgot to mention him at the top of the, the cast yep. list, yeah.
3: We, we have tourist, Randy Pear and his family. Randy Pear, of course, played by another, none other than John Lovitz. Um, we have the uh, Italian tourist, Enrico Pellini, played by Mr. Bean. Um, and then we have the no-nonsense <laughs> attorney, Nick Schaefer played by Breckenmeyer and of course he links up with a uh, uh, the woman that becomes his love interest who is a pilot uh, and her name was Tracy Fawcett uh, thank you yes
4: played by Amy Smart in a uh, reunion from the previous year's uh, road trip
0: Mm -hmm.
2: it's been a really weird week
4: (laughs) so how'd you do
2: On the exam? Pretty good,
4: actually. You did? Um, very surprised. We weren't back in time for the exam, so I
0: called in the bomb threat. You did that? That's insane. I wasn't gonna let Jacob get you kicked out
2: of school.
4: I mean, uh, honestly, if there's one shortcoming this movie has, it's that uh, Tom Green uh, was not also in this film. But Yeah, that's good call. The only or or
2: DJ Qualls.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, DJ could have easily made a cameo. I don't see why he... <laughs> Gotta get Qualls in there. Yeah, I'm not sure. If maybe he was on another project at that point. Um, All right,
3: so now that we, I feel like, laid a little bit of the groundwork yeah, here so for, like, the structure, um, and, and we can sort of flesh out different plot points that happen along the way... I'm curious now to sort of open the floor a little bit with you guys and talk about, you know, some of the themes or some of the crazy moments from the movie that really popped for you that you're like, I really have to talk about this with you guys because I couldn't believe this happened. So the floor is yours. B, anything from the film that really stood out to you? First thing you want to talk about?
2: If I may, very early on in the movie... Uh, there is... Okay, so it's the, the two brothers. Sorry, I'm blanking on their names. But Dwayne, Green, Dwayne, and Dwayne and Blaine, Dwayne and yeah.
4: Dwayne and Blaine. Dwayne and Blaine, Cody. They don't say Blaine's name, by the way, until like very late in the movie. I was struggling to figure out who the hell... What his character's name was until like towards the end. Right, so but,
2: one of them has his tongue pierced, and that's like an ongoing joke during the movie, which I don't know if that works. But anyway... They have a, a kind of con man slip and fall routine at the beginning of the movie. They're like, yeah. hey, we're going to make some money at this mm. casino. and They're clearly uh, a couple of scam artists. Yeah, like low-level con artists. Yeah. So they do the slip and fall, except they get distracted, and a woman for real slips and falls on the, I believe, shot glass they put on the floor above a big flight of stairs. <laughs> And who comes along but real-life women's rights attorney Gloria Allred?
0: Excuse me, oh lawyer Gloria Allred, what the hell happened here? Well, she slipped on that glass. Those arrogant jerks—they're going to pay for this. They're going to pay through the nose. How's your neck? I've never seen such negligence.
4: Gloria Allred. (laughs) Gloria Allred,
2: playing herself and dressed in all red. (laughs)
4: <laughs> wow! I did not even
2: catch <laughs> the that. entire movie. Gloria Allred <laughs> is in All Red.
4: <laughs> I mean, that is the genius that we're working. I with I thought here. it was crazy. I was like, "Wait,
2: isn't that a real uh, person?" Big like, time. that's yeah, yeah. I had to look it up because it was a long time ago. This was twenty years ago.
4: I got to be honest with you. I had I too had to Google the name because when it's yep. when she was like, "Hey, it's me, Gloria Allred," I'm like, that must be like a joke. I should know, I suppose. So I, I sure enough, uh, had to Google her and, um, yeah, apparently she's a, uh, she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame, um, a renowned, but I would say somewhat controversial, uh, women's rights attorney, um, involved in lots of, you know, very high profile kind of, uh, media circusy, I guess, type, type, uh, lawsuits throughout her career. Um, but uh, you know, a, a legend in, in the field, I would say.
2: Not above being
4: in Rat Race. No, no, I would say it uh, very much burnishes her reputation that She's she appears. Day. Judge <laughs> Joe Brown.
3: <laughs> B, you mentioned the um, the tongue ring on 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 Blaine Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that I thought was interesting was uh, like a theme throughout the movie maybe uh, is mumbling. There are uh, a couple of people in this film that you have trouble understanding what they're saying. There's a lot of speech
0: difficulties. right?
3: Yeah, and it is bizarrely kind of like a galvanizing thing that like drives the plot at moments where it's like, I'm not really sure uh, if this is working, but it's what they're doing. Uh, So we had, um, you know, uh, Blaine Cody, the heavily pierced brother of, of Seth Green, And critically, uh, Blaine has a tongue piercing, uh, which makes his speech inaudible, and we learn he uh, gave himself the tongue piercing. The implication
4: is clearly that the tongue piercing has caused a bad infection, and that makes him basically unintelligible. Um,
2: Which is looking much better, according to Seth Green. Yeah. Played (laughs) off as a joke at the beginning.
4: Right. I kept waiting for this
3: wrinkle to sort of unfold at some point during the movie, but it never got nope. any clearer. Doesn't or progress, easier. doesn't advance. It never seemed no. to like oh, this is why they made this character struggle with this thing. It really? just was this kind of like this guy that like
2: is very hard to understand. The love interests, I guess, at the end. You know, just like, yeah, we all but we both like, love piercings, that's sort our of thing.
4: But that was more of a piercing thing than an, you know, yeah, uh,
3: like he could have just been thing. a guy with like lots of earrings or like a lip ring. It, it just seemed like a strange sort of like communication thing where it's like, I don't, I don't necessarily understand like why this is here. I might be reaching um,
4: here, guys, but let me tell, ask you if you've, I, I, I was very um, uncomfortable in, yeah. with in, in most of the scenes, the, the speech impediment that this actor, um, <laughs> Whose name is hang vince
3: v- v- Vilouf?
4: yeah, I'm not exactly v- sure to pronounce it yeah um he let's be frank, he kind of sounds yeah. like a deaf person um, right he's, yeah. his at, at you know, best. affectation is that of a yeah the the um you know sort of um uh, alteration that that's caused from from um deafness and it feels like it's played for jokes. Um, like deaf people are funny when they talk, um, and they didn't want to, I guess, be non PC. <laughs> uh, that that non PC. So they made it a, a tongue piercing gone wrong instead. But it felt to me a little bit like that's the the humor that they were playing on. And um, yeah, yeah, hey, it yeah. Was... I don't
3: know. I don't know if they were trying necessarily to be funny. Uh, what or like I don't know if they were trying to like mock or whatever. But it just. I feel like if the movie, so much about this movie, if it was made today, would be very different, and I think that for certain would be one of the things that they were like, they'd be like, yeah, you can't really play the character like this. Like we're gonna have to uh, do something else here. Yeah. But the other, the other uh, interesting thing with like people who you have trouble understanding was obviously Mr. Bean, um, uh, 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 Rowan Atkinson, who plays Enrico Polini um, who's this narcoleptic Italian tourist. And obviously his accent is pretty thick, but mostly he does you know, most of his communicating without speech. Uh, without words, and he is just truly brilliant. He is, like, such a gifted physical comedian, so it was very exciting for me to see uh, Mr. Bean featured in this film. So
2: Yeah, I will only refer to him as Mr. Bean <laughs> yeah. throughout Thank this you. podcast. Sa- uh, yeah, same here. Uh, yeah. He reminded me... Uh, you guys both watched, I think you should uh, leave, right? The, oh, uh, yeah. He yeah. reminded me of the guy who's, like... Uh, they're, they're, like, reviewing a car. Or oh, trying yeah. To get
4: <laughs> the, the, focus, the focus group? We here at Ford would like to thank you all for agreeing to be part of this focus group.
2: Your ideas will actually be used in helping us create a brand new model. There are no wrong answers, so let's go around the room, and you just go ahead and call out features you'd love to see implemented in your ideal car, whenever you're ready.
3: Bluetooth capabilities? Great.
0: Voice-activated lights.
3: Perfect. Satellite radio. Mm-hmm. Extra cup holders.
0: And a phone holder. A good steering wheel that doesn't fly off while you're driving.
3: Rear view camera?
0: Comfy seats. A good steering wheel that doesn't fly off your hand while you're driving.
3: Uh, automatic side view mirrors. A gray
1: steering wheel that doesn't whiz out of the window while I'm driving. That is a good idea.
4: Yeah, I, I wrote it down. Oh, Nice. <laughs> the focus group for the car
0: yes
4: great call i love that guy oh my god you want to marry your (laughs) mother-in-law paul (laughs) yeah no bean does it's a tour de force um uh, of of acting chops he does an incredible job um he takes the material you know on the page and just brings it to life um as you said, Chris, both his physical comedy, his facial expressions, and then his accent, which I found to be very authentic. Um, he's, yeah. he's supposed to be from uh, Napoli, Big time. I believe. Um, and he's one of the he's one of the few characters. Maybe I don't know. Like, I, I feel like we're going on lots of different tangents in no particular order here. But one question I wanted to pose to the group here is. You know, this is a morality tale. It's a tale about a group of people, um, who are faced with a sort of moral conundrum and they, you know, sort of show their, their, their moral makeup, I would say, their, their, the fabric of of their, um, you know, their moral fabric, um, with their behavior in this movie and the choices that they make. Um, and then, you know, there is a, something of a, a lesson I would say at the end, um, but my question to throw out to the table is, who in this group of characters, and, and we have our six teams that we'll run through, again, Vera and Meryl, the mother and daughter, um, who have their own very interesting backstory, uh, Nick Schaefer, the lawyer, and Tracy Fawcett, the helicopter pilot, uh, Randy and his wife, Bev, kids, Jason and Kimberly, Enrico Pelini, who we just discussed, Dwayne and Blaine, and then Owen Templeton, are, um, you know, our, our uh, tragic referee uh, uh figure um uh, in that group there's really only one character i could find that is not basically irredeemable um and that is enrico Polini. um if i don't know if, if you guys agree i i would say i mean he's certainly not perfect um he has his own you know flaws i would say um uh but he he seems to to me at least to be one of the only kind of you know like good people maybe in the film yeah he is definitely like a light of hope i feel he wants
2: <laughs> to win the most but is also playing
0: fair
4: yeah exactly he doesn't cheat as much he doesn't he doesn't absolutely compromise everything um you know ethically and morally to to get where he wants to go um mm-hmm. and Alice
2: gets murdered by Newman He
4: lately. does come very close to being murdered um and that's he's not the only character by the way um that that's 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 true of um but yeah i feel like he was um he was something like a like a naive kind of innocent child type type character in this world of you know very evil and very um you know morally compromised adults um, well
3: i think I, th- I think like a very obvious uh theme of the movie is uh just the nature, like the brutal nature of capitalism, and yes. and and the movie is very much about you know America in that way, and significantly, Mister Bean is an outsider, right? Like he is very wow. much the Europe. He is well, yeah, he's the European, right? He's, like a socialist. he's the sort of yeah, he's the socialist. <laughs> he he's is sort of that's like,
4: actually true, though, because in the very beginning, um, there's only oh wait, you know what? Sorry, I am. He becomes a socialist toward the end, but I I I, um, I actually mixed up my notes here. In the very beginning, um, when they're all uh, started to interrupt and throw us off, but uh, you know when they're met with this uh, you know this this game this race um, by Mister Sinclair in the beginning in the uh, executive suite of his you know penthouse suite of his hotel casino. Um, you know at first they all kind of like brushed off Like oh whatever I'm not going to play It's probably a scam And then very quickly they all you know greed takes over And they all start rushing down the stairs In this chaotic uh, you know jumble of, of, of bodies um, But the one person in the group The first person who proposes working yep. together And splitting the money is yes. actually Owen Owen yes. our referee um, After then, a Bahaman <laughs> <yes>. Stair <laughs> race A one billion. dollars
2: the question is, who lets the dogs out?
4: The greatest music cues in cinematic history uh, Baja Men's Who Let the Dogs Out They're um, in a yeah. pile That's at yeah. the bottom That's of the stairwell we're, yeah. we're onto something special Incredible yeah, yeah. use of that song um, But Yeah um, yeah, Owens, Owen's the one who first proposes splitting the money um, Of course that doesn't uh, Come to pass until the very end um, When it, I'm not sure exactly who proposed it um, But but you're right and Rico is the one who at the end is like hey, we all decided to split it Um, uh, when they announce, you know, we'll get to the ending later, but... um, Yes.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah, a lot to (laughs) look at there.
4: Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I
3: think sort of significantly, like, the film is a, you know, is a representation of, like, capitalism and America, and and, uh, Mr. Bean is very much Europe, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he is sort of like this kind of less competitive, less... Maniacal. Uh, I think
2: he's very individual. competitive. He's just. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's he's playing by the yeah, rules. Yeah, he's very. Com- when they yeah. when
3: yeah, they that's, when that, they that's they not have putting the... it correctly. Like his his disposition is very not American.
4: Yeah, he's competitive, uh, he, but he's he, he, he's guileless. Like he doesn't. Yeah, he, he's not a cheat or a thief.
2: He goes about
3: competitiveness in a different way than the sort of very overt American uh, version of
2: competitive. A- after Cubby Gooding Jr. proposes that they split the money. They decide not to because Mr. Bean is the only one still racing. He is not in the pile, and he passes them on the stairs. He has not had a Baja Men moment, (laughs) so he is (laughs) unaffected.
4: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Real quick, getting back on that theme of, of, you know, sort of America and capitalism, Chris, I thought this was very... um, uh, salient, which is at twenty three thirty, at the twenty three thirty mark of the of the movie, our um, uh, sort of the, the instigator, the mastermind of our of our plot here, Mister Sinclair, um, as they as he and his group of patrons of, of casino patrons are all watching, um, you know, on their monitors, on their uh, wall of TV monitors, you know, the the uh, the competitors, uh, competitors, you know, racing around. Um, he turns to them and he says, "Quote, no one,
1: Jacob, no one." is offering you action like this. Here. A horse race with animals that can think and plan and lie and cheat and play dirty? Huh. it's the gambling experience of a lifetime. And it's my way of saying, I understand men like you. I know what you want. I know what you need. This casino, my casino,
4: is where you belong. When I heard that, I, I stopped and, and hit pause and, and bolded that in my notes. Um, I mean first of all he 's yeah. comparing human beings to horses, um, horses. Yeah. and but not just horses it 's it 's like a um, <laughs> you know it 's a, a a thinking and and scheming type of horse and I thought to myself you know that 's basically the American experience, with uh, Donald Sinclair as the sort of avatar of, of, you know, the American ruling class, the the business and the political elite of this country, who, you know, they very much have the power to uh, create whatever sort of social social conditions that they that they want in this country. Um, they have the power to to, to change uh, conditions and to make things more fair, more equitable, more. Um, you know, just for for um, uh, everyone in this country, and yet they choose not to because it is quite simply more fun and more entertaining to create this sick and perverted game um, called American Life, and to yeah. sit back and watch their their horses or their rats, uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, hu- us human beings, um, yes, uh, compete in this in this uh, sick and twisted uh, challenge uh, called capitalism. I mean- yeah, dude,
3: it turns out the game of life is actually just a horse race, uh, with Mr. Sinclair dangling a $2 million carrot in front of us, and we're all just running like slobs after
2: it. Yeah, yeah. Because I've never yep. met a scheming horse before. <laughs> I don't think I would ever say that horse is scheming. That that horse is up to something.
4: I'm trying to remember, did you guys ever see Hot to Trot with, um, uh, with uh, oh, come on, shit. I, I did name? not. Um, Pretty excited. What era is this? A 1988 film oh, um, starring uh, Bob Cadd Goldwith, of course. As um, a talking
2: horse. Freddy, you
1: can't be a broker. I got a big deal cooking right now on the bird. Who in the right mind would give you their money? Fred Cheney's going through hard times. Get him out of here, Osborne. I don't care what it takes. But he's about to get some badly needed help. Fred we've got to talk straight from the horse's mouth jeez ah, don't scream like that
4: there's definitely a horse i've got to be honest it's been a really long time um but i believe it's like a mr ed type you know for for the 80s um but that bobcat goldthwait a, is doing the voice for uh, i i don't i think he might play a human with a like who's like friends with a horse okay um i know i'm getting off on a tangent here but um
2: no this is important
4: uh simpleton bachelor uh fred channing Gol- gold uh, inherits a buck-toothed horse named don and one half of a stock brokerage firm from his dead mother um all right well, i won't go off on that rabbit hole but one to put on the list Hot- tr- Todd yeah. so yeah
3: just real quick while we're here on yep. uh mr sinclair Yes. Can we pour one out for this guy? So, John, please let's talk about the character of Donald Sinclair. Yes. And uh, the first thing about this guy that pops for me are those chompers. Teeth. Those, gi- yep. those gigantic. Talk
2: about horses. I audibly said <laughs> those, those gigantic chiklets.
3: Yeah, those gigantic chiclets in his mouth mm-hmm. are massive. Yeah. And they He's... can just chomp, chomp, chomp. They eat hay all day. <laughs> Um, and he looks fantastic <laughs> with that salt and pepper hair. He's got that really nice trim mustache. Mm-hmm. He's looking great in a... Really nice satin pink tie. He's got that cobalt blue shirt. Yeah. Real nice sharp suit, dark suit. Loves to laugh. Well, you haven't missed anything. We were just cutting to the chase.
1: <laughs> cutting to the chase.
3: <laughs>
4: Loves to. Oh my God, his yeah. laugh. I mean, he is eccentric. Um, he's in a, in a he's word, he's a
3: commanding. He's a commanding presence. And I will say, that initial Donald Sinclair lie about the meteor approaching Earth and how everyone is going to die and we're going to all go hide in the bunker together, that is really strong stuff.
1: Yeah. Thank you all for coming. I'm Donald Sinclair. I own this hotel. We don't have much time. There's a meteor the size of North Carolina heading straight for Earth. The impact is going to kill everything and everyone on this planet. I built a bunker in the basement of this casino, strong enough to withstand the blast. There's room for eight people. I've chosen the seven of you, plus me. When this is over, it'll be up to us to repopulate and re-civilize the planet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't resist
1: I'm sorry.
4: (laughs) Uh, A joke. He made a joke. I was convinced. Mm -hmm.
3: I thought this set such a wonderful precedent for the film that basically, you know, we are all living in Donald Sinclair's world. He is a prankster. He's a jokester. And we could end up as the butt of his joke at any point if we're not careful. And my God, those chompers... Uh, look at those teeth, man! And yeah. his laughter—his laughter is just really something. It's infectious. It's terrifying.
2: It's boisterous. And
3: yeah, I'm excited about Donald Sinclair as the ringleader of this circus. Yeah, um, he's John very Cleese does a great job here.
4: Very much got a uh, Tony Bobbins, Let Go Clinic type vibe. Uh, <laughs> if, if anyone's a fan of uh, the Ben Stiller Show, Tony.
3: What would you consider your personal key to
4: success? Step four, I hypnotize you with my teeth and you pay me money. He he really did. He he uh, gave an inspired performance. And I think there's a pretty good reason why, which is I read in my research here that um, actor John Cleese, reading from Wikipedia here, praised the script as one of the only two scripts during his career. Career. Mind you, this is, you know, Monty Python, Faulty Towers, a you know, Fish Called Wanda, this guy's been in, you know, so many amazing classic films and television shows. Um, But he praised this script for 2001's Rat Race as one of only two scripts during his career that he enjoyed. Quote, it's so unusual to get a top-class script. Twice in my life I've had the experience of reading a script and simply saying, I'm going to do this. Wow. So John Cleese was on board day one, um, and... (laughs) Yeah, it really came through. It shined through in the performance, I would say. So so I will say real quick,
2: I think this movie is harkening back. It's like a throwback to, you know, an older era. It's got, it's a mad, 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 mad world, Cannonball Run. Uh, Now, I was introduced to this film because it was given to me as a Christmas gift by my (laughs) Uncle Steve, uh, uh, Uncle Steve, Uncle Steve, who you know Ben uh, and him and my mom were big fans of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World and he's like, this movie is fucking great, <laughs> you gotta check this out and you know, I was what, like 18 years old when this came out, so I mm-hmm. was kind of at the height of my film snobbery you know, <laughs> freshman year of college I was like, oh, I'm Pretty into Cronenberg.
4: I don't know yeah. about this. Sorry, I only watch Krzysztof Kieslowski's uh, <laughs> pictures. Yeah.
2: So uh, I really enjoyed this movie the, the first time I saw this. Surprise! I was surprised too. But I, it does feel <laughs> like a throwback to an older era, and maybe that's where John Cleese is coming from here.
3: Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. There's another performance I want to talk about in this film, and I'll, I'll just open it up. This is for everyone But I am obsessed with um, John Lovitz oh, And specifically <laughs> The whole family I'm obsessed with the whole Lovitz family mm-hmm. experience Yeah here. Bad A lot to I, say <laughs> I love I'm a big fan Of Jason The son Yeah um, But from the moment We meet these guys From the moment They enter that hotel room I'm on board See I told you We didn't need a
0: bellman yeah, well, Congratulations Randy Oh, we going for the nether tip, thank you. Well, those nickels and dimes add up. I pulled this bed. Hey, no fair. You want to pick last night. Go to cool. hell, Jason. Maybe, hey, hey, hey. Language, not... please.
1: Bev, here's in her bathrobe. Yes. Oh, look at that view. Yeah,
0: nice view.
1: Watch okay, that. honey. Well, uh, hey, why don't you unpack? Okay. And then I'm just going to go look around.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Oh. You're not going to the casino.
1: No, no, of course not. Uh, <laughs> Okay. You, you know, I just drove from the Grand Canyon. Gotta stretch my legs. <laughs>
0: you swore to me on your mother's eyes we are here to see David Copperfield. No gambling. No gambling. I'm just
1: looking around. In fact, I'm uh, I'm gonna go to the gift shop.
0: I can jump farther than you. I'll see you guys later. Watch. Yeah. Uh! Ooh.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's gotta hurt. Honey, kids need
3: you. Honestly, from from the moment those kids are jumping on that bed, mm-hmm. and we see John in that pineapple print button down short sleeve shirt, mm. um, and he's counting his cash, and he and he runs down to the.
4: Well, they're, they're carrying all their shop. luggage. They're carrying all their luggage up to their own room. Um, yeah. To and, save money on the tip. Yeah, Randy, uh, uh, John, John Lovitz's character, Randy, is very proud of this. And his wife you know, snarkily comments, Oh, you saved another tip, or you got to avoid another tip, something like that. Um, yeah. Their interplay is very, very interesting.
3: So we see him counting his cash just as the kids smash into each other on the bed. They're jumping around. And, uh, and, he, and then he sprints out of the bedroom to run down to the hotel casino gift shop uh, again yeah. i 'm on board with the whole family, whatever they 're doing i 'm doing i 'm into
2: it.
4: He claims um, he needs to stretch his legs after the long drive, but we know why he 's really you know going down there. yeah
2: he has a wad of cash, which is totally insane <laughs> and the movie uh, this this is a very cartoonish movie but it truly becomes a Bugs Bunny cartoon any moment that John Lovitz is on screen. There is a moment a little bit later on in the film where I believe they have already found out about the race, or he has found out about the race. He does not tell his family for a very long time.
4: Yeah, that's a big subplot.
2: Uh, And he is pulled over by a cop for speeding, and he goes into, like... Bugs, funny, like batting the eyes. It, it is batting oh, the eyelashes. Oh, it oh is God. really, really funny.
3: How fast was I going? Doesn't he like fluff his hair? Absolutely. A little
2: bit too, yep. The <laughs> officer. He absolutely does. It is straight out of the critic. It becomes a true <laughs> yeah. cartoon in this moment. Mm-mm. I don't know if you guys remember. Also, the movie High School High oh, from a course. few years earlier. Sure. But Levitts had really found his niche, his nook.
4: Yeah, yeah he yeah, was he sure. was he was absolutely in his in his bag in this in this movie. Um, yeah, the the way he he treats his family, the way he sort of <laughs> views his family. I would say is, yeah, it borders on criminality. Um, I mean, at one point he does in fact, um, drug them to put them to sleep. <laughs>
0: yep. Yes.
4: Um, yeah. so,
3: we, uh, I mean, at, at, at a certain point we will need to talk in depth about the car
4: sequence, specifically
3: the bathroom, the bathroom
4: resistance of the film.
3: Well, We'll need to talk <laughs> <laughs> about that. And I have yeah, like a page um, of notes. On so yeah, let's just set that, that aside. Yeah, let's you're welcome set,
4: to just read that page.
3: Let's set that aside just for a second. But Ben, continue. Um, yeah, his his treatment of his family is really alarming. It's eye popping, and it's in some ways, you know, the backbone of the film. Right? Like it is. It is sort of a microcosm for <laughs> like what the film is, which is,
4: I would say, yeah, I would say that it, you know, with all these, these six teams that we've been discussing, um, again, there's varying sort of levels of, of morality, of fairness, of uh, unfairness. I would say that Randy probably takes home the prize for like stooping to the lowest, you know, the, the lowest possible, uh, sort of moral level. Um, yeah, out of all of these people. And I mean, there's, you know, theft galore, there's illegal, there's, you know, crimes being committed left and right. Um, But I would say that Randy is probably has to take the cake for like the most desperate, the most, um, but, but interestingly, I think this movie makes a very uh, deliberate and, and sort of concerted point to uh, justify this desperation because at one critical moment in the film <laughs> I think I um, what you're this say. is the point when Randy finally comes clean to his family after an absolutely <laughs> insane ordeal um, risking their lives at uh, multiple uh, moments um, he finally comes clean to his family sitting in a diner and um, uh, basically, as a a you know sort of you know last recourse, uh, you know no other uh, alternatives open to him at this point. Um, but he sits them down and, and finally comes clean and says, you know it's a race, okay? I'm trying to get to New Mexico so I can win two million dollars. Um, and he yells at his family, I don't want to work at Home Depot.
1: <laughs> it's a race. We're racing. Donald Sinclair put $2 million in a locker, and I want to get there first. I not want to work at
0: Home Depot!
2: And he accents it as only John Lovitz
4: could with yeah. the
2: it's like- Home Depot!
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was another, like, holy shit moment for me where I was like, wow. Like, that is a very specific company, a very specific, uh, you know, corporate uh, name brand to to toss out there. As I would I would argue a, a very astute and trenchant commentary on just the you know the the conditions of uh, of, of, of labor in this country the grinding yeah. misery of, of, of corporate work um, and the extent Home Depot, the extent yeah. that people uh, are human beings again we are humans we're not rats we're not horses but the extent that we will go to the the, the lengths the you know, moral uh, compromises that we will make um simply to, you know, get out of the these conditions. Um I think it it really it really uh made me feel something in that moment for for Randy, um uh, despite all of his absolutely abhorrent, yeah. inexcusable behavior.
3: It's so true, Ben. It's it's very easy to judge Randy, but Put yourself in his shoes, you know. <laughs> wife, two kids, mortgage, yada yada yada. You're stuck working at Home Depot, you got the opportunity to win two million dollars, you gotta beat out five other teams. Yeah. You'd move heaven and hell yeah. to, to get that cash. This is your one way even
2: out. If, he literally now
3: bailing even if it means bailing on a family vacation, you tell your wife you have an opportunity at Inc. Inc. And <laughs> yep. uh, yeah,
2: hit great the road. fake, co- great fake company, <laughs> ink, ink, ink,
1: ink. Beth, this is a real job, I swear. What is it? Huh?
0: The job. What's the job? Ink
1: for fountain
4: pens. <laughs> ink, ink. I forgot about
3: that. <laughs> oh um, my god. Yeah. We will again, we will address <laughs> the critical uh, uh, um, car uh, scene incident sequence. Yeah.
2: Uh, we'll come back to that, yeah. but we'll, let's
3: touch on some of the other, on some of the other teams. J- just um, real quick
2: on love yeah, if we could finish up.: uh, You said he would move heaven and hell when he found, finds the sleeping pills, he now thank you to the
4: heavens. <laughs> And then,
0: <laughs> right after
4: after coming clean to his family, after after yes. this, like oh, finally he's like found he his moral them. center again. Not more than two minutes later, he's walking yeah. past and a he's checkout kiosk,
2: all but pushing up his wife's drink, so more <laughs> liquid goes in her mouth. Faster, and says,
1: "Hi, everybody. Miss me? Oh, hey. Listen,
2: just to show there's no hard feelings. Chocolate
1: shakes all around."
0: Are you okay?
1: Yeah, I'm fine. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm an adult. So drink these up, and then we'll return the mobile and we'll get that van fixed, and we'll go back to Vegas and see David Copperfield. Yay! Okay. Drink up, buddy. you
2: mm-hmm. good. Drink it up, honey. Drink up, honey, <laughs> while making a truly disturbing face.
3: All right, can we talk about Whoopi oh and her daughter? Mm-hmm. Um, so,
4: I'm Whoopsie. <laughs> oh <boy>. It's Whoopsie.
0: <laughs> you better get that thing out of my face. are you folks trying to kill my ass? I'm Whoopsie.
4: It's
1: Whoopsie Daisy, starring Whoopsie Goldberg. Wow. What the?
0: What's that, man? Sky is falling.
3: Watch that ball, Whoopsie.
4: It's whoopsie, folks. So
3: I have to say, when when we are first introduced to Whoopi Goldberg and her daughter, I I, you know, um, I wasn't the first time I watched this movie. I wasn't like paying extra close attention. I was sort of just casually watching it. Sure. And I was a little unclear whether this was a like a love interest, like a romantic reunion, or whether she was being reunited with a child. Mm-hmm. Because if the you rose. remember the first time she, met, she meets she meets her daughter. Her daughter enters with a rose. Yeah. There's this like beautiful stringed orchestral music, like underscoring her entrance.
0: Vera Baker.
3: Her daughter is Objectively, just this beautiful young woman striking. Mm -hmm. And you see Whoopi, she just like is like beside herself when she sees her daughter. They sit at a table, they order drinks together, they both get mimosas. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I thought, wait, I thought I thought she said she was getting together with her estranged daughter, but maybe this is like a long lost love interest or something. Mm. Did I hear something wrong? I don't know if you guys felt um, that as well, but it was uh, initially a bit unclear to me whether this was her daughter or a love interest.
2: I, I was not confused that it, it was her daughter, but the rose for sure threw me off. That is a weird way to... It felt sort of romantic, right?
4: Yeah. It definitely had a romantic vibe to it. And it also didn't fit at all with the rest of her daughter Meryl's personality, because um, she's very quickly, you know, revealed to be something of a workaholic, Rage-aholic. sociopath, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. many many yeah. aholics, different different alcohol. She different, literally uh, crushes
2: a cell phone yeah, with she, her <laughs> fist uh, thirty seconds into meeting her.
0: My baby, oh, uh, excuse me, I have to take. This is Merrill. No, that's unacceptable. Listen, tell Warren, if we don't ship by Tuesday, we won't be in the stores by Mother's Day, and that's unacceptable, so don't
1: give me any excuses and do it. Do it, you shut up and
0: get it done!
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah she's a very complicated character, but the roses I'm not sure if there's that's some sort of a symbol that I'm missing. Um But, yeah, I definitely had to go back and rewatch that opening, that that kind of first meeting, um, mainly because I wanted to see if I could figure out the backstory of, so this is, um, you know, Vera, Whoopi's character, um, you know, meeting this daughter of hers for the first time, and I think she says something like 28 years, right? Um, She has this picture. She's, like, pouring her heart out out to these two cocktail waitresses in the uh, casino, um, telling her, telling them all about her daughter um, before she arrives and then when her daughter does arrive and at first i was like you know i was trying to do this this kind of calculation in my head about like uh you know who who are these characters are they sort of good or bad are they morally you know sort of righteous or not um and i was trying to figure out um uh, vera's character and so when her daughter, Meryl, arrives, and she's like, you probably have a thousand questions for me. And her daughter's like, no, not really, um, which is also weird. Um, I guess she just has no like emotion since she is a, probably a sociopath. Um, uh, but Vera tells her um, as a way to explain why they haven't been in contact for the past you know, 30-odd years. She says, quote, I was young. I didn't tell anybody I was pregnant, and I felt I could handle it at the time. Uh, the implication here being that Vera um, put her daughter up for adoption. They weren't. There wasn't some sort of a you know tragic separation or you know something like that. The daughter wasn't taken away from her. I don't. Uh, maybe, but um, but I found that to be as sort of like I don't know. Again, like we're talking about you know sort of right and wrong. Who's good? Who's bad? Who's doing the right thing? I don't want to, like, offer too much of a, you know, judgment here, but I definitely found it a little weird that <laughs> um, and possibly telling that they set this character up as like our our introduction to this character is that she, you know, gave up her daughter at a very young age. Um, and then weirdly, uh, another detail that they decide to include is that um, Meryl is not the one that called her. Uh, rather, Vera hired, like, spent a lot of money hiring a private investigator to track Meryl down. Um, so I guess maybe that means that she has, you know, some capacity for, like, guilt and and remorse. And, and you know, I guess it's to her credit that she made an effort to, you know, reconnect with this, this estranged daughter of hers. Um, but then their whole relationship doesn't develop really past this initial meeting because immediately they're set off on this race for the two million dollars and while they are together throughout the movie if i'm not mistaken there's not a single scene where they're like talking to each other other than like about how to get the money they don't there's no no. there's no development of this relationship past the The, initial meeting The, the,
3: the thesis of this relationship is pretty much like why don't we just bury any sort of hatchet that may have existed about um you know m- me giving up my child and you not being around for my development, yeah. by um chasing two million dollars together,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it almost was... like mimosas,
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah, other than the than both liking mimosas and then both liking money like that's kind of, it almost feels like the money the chase for the money is this you know this distraction that they can use to not really have to to deal too much with you know the reality of their. Reunion they're they're um, I don't know I don't know if, uh, if I'm reading too much into this but but maybe it's perhaps some sort of commentary on the film's part about you know how we use money cures all yeah, yeah. how we use this pursuit of money to sort of not have to deal with other things in our lives it's true
3: it's true
2: it was interesting that uh, Vera reaches out because before the private investigator she does bring up a, um, a psychic later
4: on yeah which that's also how... made me think of Oda Mae brown her sure. character from ghost me too yep <laughs> i think i
2: think that was a, a deliberate yeah reference that there. must
4: have been a callback yeah um also another callback is that um, um um bev uh randy's wife in the movie uh played one of the nuns in sister act both one and two so oh, another reunion Oh, very okay. cool okay. also yeah, from hocus pocus Oh yeah, yeah, I
3: was trying to I was trying to place who she was. I was like I know who this actress is. Yeah. I just can't figure it out. All right, let's talk about some of the other teams. So, uh, we have uh, Nicholas Schaefer, played by Breckenmeyer and Tracy Fawcett played by Amy Smart. How did these guys meet? What is sort of the essence here? What what was the vibe that you got from these guys?
2: I mean, both of these guys were hot at the time. Uh, I actually did not know Breckenmeyer's name until Watching this movie, I was always just like
4: that guy
2: from Road Trip.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Because he was very era specific. Yeah, he was really hot for like four years there. Right. Kind of.
2: Um. So they meet. So he he's kind of like the naysayer, right? He's like, "Oh, this is a joke. I gotta get back to my legitimate law career back in Chicago." Right. He's so, uh,
3: he seems like the guy with like the head his head on his shoulder, right? Yeah, and he's, in, he's in fact, like one guy.
2: the guys betting on the rat race are like that. I realize two guys have pens and both point the pens at the TV monitor, like. <laughs> Oh, this guy! <laughs> like two guys.
4: <laughs> um. So really important note: two two of the of the guys that are betting have pens.
2: So Breckenmeyer meets her after he throws the key in the garbage. He's like, "I'm done with this, whatever." Uh, she coughs or sneezes or something. He turns around. She is reading a biography of Charles Lindbergh. Is that right?
4: That's right. The pilot, yeah. the airplane pilot. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and and Nazi Sympathizer, which is a... Uh,
2: boy, I didn't make that
4: connection, but <laughs> sure. Boy,
2: oh
3: boy.
4: There's a little out. bit of uh, real, real, to talk about real that. Friend,
2: friend of Klaus Barbie later on in the movie. <laughs> Klaus Barbie,
4: who I did not realize is a real Nazi. <laughs> is that true? I yes, did not Yes, Klaus that Barbie out. was a very, very real Nazi. Oh, yep. man. Member boy. of the oh, SS. It's going to get dark. Yep. It's going to get real dark. Bad you, guy, baby.
2: did a lot of damage. <laughs> boy, that scene. Okay, we're going to get into that in a second. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Uh So sh- the, He's asking what part of the book Are you at? They, they're reading the same book He's trying to use it as some sort of You know, fortuitous pickup line here
4: Excuse me
0: Hi I'm not a creep or anything I don't have any quarters Oh, no, um no, no, I, I never do this, but I'm reading the same book you are uh, See? Lemberg. Mm. It's fantastic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What part are you on? He just had a sex change. Who did? Lindbergh? Mm
4: Mm-hmm. A sex change? Ooh, yeah. Mm. (laughs) That's
2: funny. I thought so. That's funny. Tricks him. You know, Yep. fools him good. Once again,
4: deception. Deception. Everyone everyone is, is trying to get one over.
2: Yeah. We have seemingly the most normal character in the movie for a second in Amy Smart. Just uh, both of them, I guess, seem like somewhat less cartoonish people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like straight shooters. Right. Until we get her in a helicopter. Yeah. And Dean Kane enters the picture a little bit later on. And she becomes a cartoon herself.
4: Yeah. So real quick, the all the flights are grounded after Dwayne and Blaine, the brothers, um, decide that if they can't get on a plane, then no one can. Yeah. So they Terrorism. rush over. <laughs> they drive over to a. Yeah. They commit a. Uh, this is pre nine eleven, by the way. Three it, months. It, before. yeah not long at all i thought it was like august that it was released oh yeah in the US. no i'm
2: sorry it was three like weeks six weeks or something yeah
4: it was yeah. like very 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 close so i'm pretty sure that would have had to be uh had, had to have been changed um but anyway yeah they go over and dismantle uh in you know highly comedic fashion They uh they tear down a uh you know control radar tower uh air traffic control radar tower uh so that all flights are grounded um and then you know Brecken hears uh you know nick hears this announcement over the loudspeaker the airport pa um and it's like oh great i can't get back to chicago to go to my very important lawyer job um but then when he finds out that um uh tracy is a helicopter pilot so she is actually able to fly because they work on a different system than the airplanes he's like oh shit and also coincidentally she's flying straightly straight to uh directly to new mexico uh, he's like, oh, wait a minute. Suddenly I could be the only one able to win this money. So he goes back, finds his key and uh, promptly hops in a helicopter with her. Um, and yeah, so she comes off as a very competent, very professional uh, helicopter pilot until, as you said, B, uh, she decides to fly over her home uh, to just sort of check in from the air on her uh, boyfriend and, um, played by Dean Kane, I forget his name, but it was like a f- somewhat ridiculous name. Dean Kane plays Sean Kent, uh, which is sort of maybe, I don't know, a play on Clark Kent. Probably not. Because uh, of course, you know, Dean Kane, Superman. Superman. Um, but anyway, yeah, she finds her boyfriend, played by Dean Kane in a above ground pool um, with his uh, supposedly ex-girlfriend, not ex-girlfriend apparently, and uh, very professional, very competent, Um, Helicopter pilot Tracy Fawcett proceeds to attempt to murder this man with her helicopter
0: I can't believe it That son of a bitch That's that's Charlene's car
1: Charlene? His ex-girlfriend or so I thought Come on now, I'm sure there's a perfectly innocent explanation She probably came by just to pick up some clothes or Oh, nice (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) warm Okay
4: That's a um that was a, a pretty alarming scene, I would say. Definitely some some very uh you know, upsetting and, and uh disturbing behavior uh exhibited there by Tracy.
2: I I did like that Gene Cain's move when he noticed the helicopter was over. <laughs> Head was to push the girl's head under the water. <laughs> yes, like <Submerge>.
4: that will <laughs> let's hide somehow her. <laughs> fool her. I'm having. <laughs> I don't know affair. how long this is going to have to take, but let me just see if I can just hide this woman underwater <laughs> I'm, that
2: I'm you have clearly
3: already seen. <laughs> <woman laughs> while my girlfriend is in the sky in a helicopter, so why don't I hide my
2: mistress beneath the water? Mm-hmm. There is a part Incredible. in this scene where Amy Smart is just throwing out. Every curse she can, and she goes. To yeah, Dean she's unhinged. Cain, she's... you worm, you turd. <laughs> <laughs> In that order, and I have never heard those two strung together
4: and like that. Dean Kane never returned after that. He was he was he was gone.
3: We've talked about Breck and Meyer and Amy Smart. We've talked about briefly about Seth Green and uh, his brother, the the Dwayne and Blaine tandem, those brothers. We talked about Whoopi Goldberg, Vera Baker, and her daughter, Meryl. We've talked about John Lovitz and his family. Uh, we we mentioned briefly, Mr. Bean. We should now pour one out here for Cuba Gooding Jr., yes. I think. And he doesn't really, correct me if I'm wrong, he is kind of a, a solo act here, right? Like he... Where's the other? Where's the other teams really yeah. have like a, a, a teammate? Mm-hmm. Someone like a right. counterpart. His teammates are kind of the this like revolving door of of counterparts, whether it's the cab driver, whether it's the bus full of I Love Lucy, cosplayers. Maybe my favorite um, subplot of the movie.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's actually really a bit, like, pretty, that. pretty pretty delightful little subplot. Yeah.
3: So we'll 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 dive into all of that. But let's be let's talk here about Cuba Gooding Jr. and this performance. So we sure. have Owen Templeton, the disgraced Uh, football referee so we we meet him at the casino at the beginning of the film he's at the bar and we see sort of a uh, sports center type television show you know on, on the TV at the bar where they're talking about this disgraced ref who uh, blew a coin flip in overtime between what looks like the Dallas Cowboys and the Chicago Bears, whoever it was. Simple coin flip.
4: You know, you look kind of familiar.
3: Yeah, you do. You know, I get that all
1: the
0: time. I guess I just have one of those faces.
3: (laughs) And now for our loser of the
1: week. This week, it's a no-brainer. Referee Owen Templeton made the biggest bonehead call in the history of football. I think everyone remembers it happened last Sunday at Dallas with the score tied at
3: 10. They were headed towards overtime. Everything was cool. They were about to toss the coin to see who would kick off.
1: Dallas, call it in the air. Sales.
0: That's it. All right. it, was it was tail. Tail. No, no, no. It's, uh... That was Tails. No, tail. no it's... Yeah. It yeah. it yeah. it hang on. It's, uh... It. No, what did I say? I said yeah. Tails. What's yeah. yeah. Tails. What are What are you doing?
2: Literally just misinterpreted. <laughs> heads or tails? Clearly tails. One team... Call, yeah,
3: one team calls whatever it is, tails, and he says, oh, it's, you know, it's heads, and they're like, no, it's tails, it's clearly tails, and... All hell ensues. So he becomes this disgraced ref character. Yeah, a pariah. He's at the he's at the bar. He's trying to remain uh, low profile here, but it 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 dogs him the whole entire film. He gets in a cab, um, and the cab driver, of course, figures out that this is the very referee who you know I I lost twenty thousand dollars to in a bet because of his bonehead uh,
2: uh, uh, coin toss. Yeah, here. Um, I love this so, character actor.
4: By the way, I,
2: I mean he's not—he's oh, a, yeah. a stand-up comic. I remember him from
4: yeah, the late nineties. Remember 90s. him from Comedy Central? Yeah, yeah, like half-hour specials. What, what is his name? I forget uh, his name. But he's definitely is in a few things.
3: Paul Rodriguez. Thank
2: you. Yeah, uh, very funny. Like good, crazy eyes. I yep. I enjoyed the role of this cab guy. Very one-dimensional, but whatever. He he yep. did what he could with it. Um, also when we first meet Cuba junior, it is 2001. So we are going to play the, I have mistaken your gender card. That was still comedy gold. Oh yeah. The, the, tra- the transphobia
4: the, joke on the bus.
2: Uh, yep. No, no, yeah. no. Even before no. that, the bartender. <laughs> oh, you're right. the very start of the movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's, yeah. Th- so I, I have totally a whole
3: like that. running list of, um, Jokes that
2: just, <laughs> don't age well. Uh, yeah, he cannot believe well. that Lucy is a man. Cannot believe it. Yeah,
3: Screams. So we have Kathy Bates using oh r word uh, at the mm. beginning of the film. We
2: have Cuba Gooding Jr.
3: Yeah. B- mistaking the bartender for a woman who he thinks is a man, and then it's actually a woman. Yeah, and uh, obviously that wouldn't fly today. Ken- we have the whole issue with the sex worker who (laughs) visits Harry at the hotel and all of the men at the hotel are placing bets on what her price would be. Don't think that would fly today. Yeah, probably not.
4: Uh,
3: And then, I mean, we can talk about this at length when we get to it, but just... I'm not sure the Nazi uh the Nazi stuff, stuff No, <laughs> come on we can't
4: do some Nazi, the Nazi I, jokes I th-
2: thoroughly enjoyed this part of it <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. yeah you know uh, whatever uh, I had fun <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, we'll 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 get to it.
3: Uh, we, we should actually t- talk about whether or not it would work today when we get to that part. Yeah. But let's let's, talk, let's, let's get talk back a little Owen. bit about
4: Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, it's funny that not only do we have a you know a referee angle here, but we have a betting angle. Um, you know, the, the cabbie, this this very very disgruntled cabbie, um, is is so enraged at at Owen Templeton specifically because of a large sum of money that he lost on a bet due to Owen's, you know, coin toss blunder.
1: You like football? Sure. Did you happen to catch that uh, Dallas game last
2: week? Uh, you can't really call it a game. It, it was an obscenity. It was a crime against football. I lost 20 grand on that game, and they would have won. Now I got to work two shifts because of that idiot. I mean, Stevie Wonder could have done a better job calling that game.
4: You know, unlike uh, Tim Donaghy, Chris, uh, you know, it was not a some sort of, a, you know, an intentionally, you know, devious scheme on Owen's part. It did seem like a very honest uh, mistake that he, you know, now regrets, um, but clearly the man is living, you know, with shame. He's living, he's, he's you know, right uh, from the very first scene we see him, he's trying to conceal his identity um, from, you know, the other uh, patrons in the bar when his, uh, you know, face comes on screen, on the television screen, in the sports center type show. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, he is, he is, again, like a... He certainly does a lot of bad things in the movie. Um, a lot of theft, um, a lot of deception, but you know, I would say he's one of the more, you know, sympathetic characters, um, considering, you know, his plight, uh, considering the, the, assuming he's never going to be able to work again in the NFL or any other football league. Um, you know, it seems like he's again, pushed to these very desperate, uh, dire, um, you know, measures, um, due to things outside of his control. Um, and, uh, yeah, this cabbie certainly is, is a major uh, instigator since he uh, drives him into the desert, and I, I assumed he was going to just murder him and, like, maybe eat him. I don't know, but it <laughs> turns <roll> out... all
2: credits, <laughs> yeah. Keith Cutting Jr. has been eaten 50 yeah. minutes into the movie. By <laughs> exactly. Paul Rodriguez.
4: By, Paul, yeah, by yeah, a, yeah. character actor and stand-up comic Paul Rodriguez. <laughs> by the way, Paul Rodriguez
3: yeah. uh, is a part owner of the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. Okay. Huh.
4: Okay, go. good for you, Paul. How about that, Paul? There you go. Yeah. yeah. You did it. Anyways, continue. Anyway, he does not, in fact, murder Cuba Gooding, um, Owen Templeton, mm-hmm. but he leaves him in the desert to die. Um, Another
2: attempted murder. There are several. Yeah, there's a lot of... Several I mean, in this movie.
4: The cabbie definitely drove away, you know, intending for him to die in the desert. Um, and, um, yeah, like I said, that's, that's not an uncommon fate for these characters. Um, and... Uh, where was i going anyway yeah owen's able to make it back to you know civilization um you know using his clothes as 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 shoes basically because the um cabbie steals his shoes i guess um and um he is a he's a very resourceful character i would say um he's constantly finding ways to you know stay in the game to 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 you know maintain his um his ability to to get that 2 million dollars um and then the I Love Lucy bus. I mean, that's that's one of the the great kind of bits in the whole movie. So, B, funny. if you want to discuss how how that comes about,
2: oh yeah, I mean, first of all, just the realization that he is on a bus full of Lucys because we initially see two, right? And I had not seen this movie in forever, and I, I was looking at them, and I was like, oh, what? Like, oh, funny, it's going to be like an I Love Lucy pair or something. Then when we get a whole bus of them, it's the reveal just comedy when gold. he turns
4: back around. Yep.
0: Ahead, going, everybody! in! Right hey! We're going to be underway in just a minute. This is Owen. He's our new driver. Everyone say hello. Hello, Owen. Our next stop is the third annual I Love Lucy convention in Santa
3: Well, can we talk about the moment before the Lucy reveal? So, Cuba Cuban Junior driver steals how he the bus driver's bus? uniform. Yeah, yeah. he goes into a of bathroom. His pregnant wife. Yeah, on behalf of his pregnant wife, mm-hmm. and he details a big lie. each piece of her anatomy uh, yeah. <laughs> that is uh, clearly grossing him out as she's giving birth, and he talks about it in gushing. in very uh, uncomfortable terms. He's clearly very uncomfortable. It's very um sophomoric i would say like he's basically acting like a kindergartner yeah his uh, acting in this
4: scene is like so scenery chewing it's so over the top him just like talking about like the anatomy of his wife it's yeah, very it's like, very basically like
3: children's children's theater sort yeah. of acting yeah, uh, it's they say strange, gushing that scene.
4: a lot <laughs>
2: and but his pronunciation yeah. well how he says vagina is
0: yeah. Really, over. The but job. it's on the, the
4: strength. End. It's it's the way he sells. You know, that's how he sells his story to this. You know, this bus driver. That's how Halfless he's able to convince the man driver. to give him his, his uniform, his clothes, everything, the shirt off his yeah. back. Yeah, it's on the strength saying, of that acting.
3: Yeah, his wife uh, is covered in cooties. Is is the moral of the story? And so he gets the bus driver to give him all of uh, his bus driver clothes. Then, uh, so yeah, that strange scene, of course, could only be matched um by a by a bus full of people dressed head to toe as Lucille Ball yep. headed to the third annual I Love Lucy convention in Santa Fe, New Mexico.
2: Only the
4: third, interesting. The 3rd. Yeah,
2: they started late, but, you know. <laughs> uh okay, so one of their <laughs> one of them throws out a cigarette because there is no smoking on the bus. Cuba Gooding Jr is adamant about that. <laughs> yeah. He's like he I have stolen a bus, bus driver, yeah. but he's still enforcing the he rules of the bus. He will not tolerate yeah. smoking. So uh, one of the Lucy's hair is ablaze almost immediately <laughs> and when that I love me mu- I love Lucy music kicks in yeah and they are all freaking out and going Wah! <laughs> in unison, and then there's some weird like
4: bubble bath scenario where Yeah, well, they have to rush back to the toilet to the put toilet, the fire out, right? Yeah. And then like somehow like they some throw soap the or wig shampoo. in the toilet.
2: The, yeah, they
3: throw the burning wig in the yes. toilet. Somehow, a bottle of chemicals, a cleaning solution, <laughs> gets tipped into the toilet, which yeah. then causes a chemical reaction. <laughs> Bubbles rush out of the toilet yep, suddenly. Within seconds, (laughs) the entire bus is filled with soap suds up to, you know, up to your chest in soap suds and Cuba is losing it. And then, and then at this point, I have to say, B, in my notes, I was like, we are just fully off the rails here at this point in yeah. the film. We are fully off the rails. Yeah, I
2: don't cool know when it lines. happened for me. I think it was when John Lovett started batting his eyelashes where <laughs> I knew we had crossed a point of no return because... Love yeah, it. The, love it's at least had gone insane. <laughs> Crust now, the it's Rubicon. There's a moment here.
3: There's a moment here that we should talk about just because we're at this moment in the film. But there, you know, there is a sort of um, bigger thematic thing that I noticed, which was there are these insanely large, heavy objects floating and dangling from the sky. Uh, at different points throughout the movie. So, we obviously know about the Jeep at the airport yeah. hanging from, from, from the radar, right? Mm-hmm. But then <clears throat> we know about the helicopter, right? These mm-hmm. paint cans being thrown from the helicopter onto Dean Kane's truck. Oh, yeah, but most the paint cans. Sig- yeah. yeah. Most significantly, though, we have a cow dangling from a hot air balloon, yep. which smacks the windshield of the bus that Cuba Gooding Jr. is driving.
2: Um, after I mean, what, right after he freaks what? out about the male Lucy, it literally goes right from that moment yeah. into a cow from,
4: smashing into the bus. From from jump scare to jump scare, yeah, yeah. Um. yeah.
3: I just need you guys to explain the whole hot air balloon sequence to me because I literally have no idea what happened, how it happened. I've watched this movie now yeah. twice. It's so it's pretty convoluted. There's like a guy from a hardware store that yeah. steals a right. locker key. He hot wires a car. From there, we wind up somehow in a hot air balloon. Yeah. At this point, Seth Green is is crashing into cows. Somehow, a cow gets caught. There's a
4: lot of cow humor. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: I yeah. wrote in my notes: Is this the last movie I have chronologically seen with ho- hot air balloons in it? Hmm. I don't know if I can think of a. Uh, of another hot air balloon movie. Hot air balloon there
4: movie. Is yeah, is
3: a lot of how they there really. Is a lot of cow so there is, is a lot of cow humor dropped
4: off. So this is a lot of cow A post Twister um,
2: world. Twister mm-hmm, yeah. invented the flying cow joke, as far mm-hmm. as sure. I am aware. Does uh, that happen uh, in like Wizard of Oz? Is there a flying cow in the?
4: I don't think so. Um, but I actually had to had to double check. Um, this is pre kung pao enter the fist Ooh. which in my mind was like the ur er, like cow you know cow gag uh, I, movie i did love that movie
0: legitimately.
4: um incredible movie and when i first saw uh the cow you know stuff in 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 rat race i was like oh they're just mimicking you know the cow stuff from from kung pao but actually kung pao was 2002 so
2: Wow, Kung Pao ripped off Rat Race. Yeah,
4: who knew? And um,
2: made him d- didn't the cow like do the Matrix routine? Yeah. Yeah, with
4: squirting milk from its udder in a mm-hmm. matrix uh, three sixty slow-mo type yeah. Type, Speaking type shot. of total like there's a total hot air balloon milk bath
3: in yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah. Using yeah. the yeah.
4: udders <laughs> I mean, listen, when you're working with cows, so, you've got to have an utter milk squirt joke in there at some yeah, point. Yeah,
3: we have udders. We get, we get a squirt in the face with milk. We also, very underrated, we have the cow sneezing on <laughs> Seth Green. <laughs> Was it we a sneeze or a out. puke? Yeah. Yeah It was one or the other It was some sort of um, uh, Yeah it was a projectile uh,
4: from the mouth A projectile
3: from the cow's uh, snout face area (laughs) Right into Seth Green's snout Yeah I love that bit of And he's disgusted by it Let's go of the cow in the balloon Falls right into
2: a swampy lake thing
4: Big old mud puddle But guess
3: what He gets that key he gets that key back from the locksmith.
2: Yep, His yep. brother thinks he's a swamp thing for a second after yeah. Yeah. flying so, off a moving car.
4: Right. His brother has been chasing the hot air balloon from his, uh, you know, uh, like 57 Chevy convertible. Yeah. But the brother's been riding on the hood. Uh, yeah. Chasing is a reason. strong
2: word. <laughs> yeah.
4: He doesn't yeah. have <laughs> a lot of control over yeah. the situation. So, yeah.
3: There's, there's a lot of... There's a lot of screwball comedy and plot Physical twisting hijinks. and turning clearly happening. I wanted to kind of touch on the different characters and teams. So we were talking about Cuba Gooding Jr. I think at this point we've we've covered each team and some of the hijinks that they all go through. Yeah. Um, before uh, before you know we we uh, lose the thread and before we you know time gets away from us, I think. At this point, we need to dive into the John Lovett's <laughs> car scene. scene. We the need sequence to talk about this Lovett. is yeah. this is the crux of the movie here. This is um, this is the one that all the critics will be talking about. B, I know that you have plenty of thoughts on this, so we need to talk about the scene where uh, John Lovett's daughter says, "Dad." I need to use the bathroom, and John Lovitz uh, says to his son, Jason, look back there for a jar.
0: Dad,
1: I have to go. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I really do. We just stopped. I couldn't go. The bathroom's too gross. Well, can't you hold it in? I can't. It's an emergency. Honey, there's a restaurant. No, that's three miles off the road. Then that's three miles back. We lose 10 minutes.
0: So what? Your God daughter must go to the stop. bathroom. Just to all, right, all, right, all right, Jason, Dad, Jason, Jason just
1: look back there for an empty jar. A jar? Girls don't pee in jars.
4: Oh, all right, sorry.
1: Jason, we're going to need a jar and a funnel.
4: And then I really loved how, um, how the son, Jason, um, very, very helpfully explains uh, the concept of prairie dogging to us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. um, I don't know if that yes. had been discussed in a movie uh, you know, previously. It certainly seems like they were introducing this concept to a wider audience because he really gets into, you know, he just comes right out and explains exactly what prairie, because at first Randy's like, prairie dogging? What are you talking about? And instead of just like Dad? letting the joke lie there, mm-hmm. Randy goes or, uh, sorry Jason goes ahead and actually explains what prairie dogging is which I appreciated
1: Dad I don't have to pee it's number two Sorry I can't stop Dad I'm prairie dogging it What the hell does that mean? You know like when a prairie dog sticks his head in and out of the ground oh, Ow Ow oh, I do not oh, want to ow. picture that
3: so, B, give us some thoughts here. Uh, I know that you've, you know, you saw this movie. I mean, this has been, this movie's been on your radar for a while, so I'm sure you've been thinking about this moment for years and years. Oh, yeah, 20 years. Um, <laughs> so, go ahead. The floor is yours.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I mean, this is really just a special scene in this movie. And, and it is nice because it's spread out a little bit. There, there's about a half hour where you keep coming back
4: yeah to the they, love
2: it saga and they cut away and it just gets better and better every time they, they
4: really do the work they do the work to like lay the foundation for this set piece it's it's like a it's like a you know the whole first half of the movie practically is like putting the pieces in place for this so he uh
2: he is so petty in this movie uh, <laughs> There is a scene, just real quick, cutting back to the beginning, where he runs away from his family and goes down to the casino. He is disgusted by a dollar slot machine. Just the, the even the concept that you would have to pay a dollar for this thing, he audibly goes, ugh.
4: Yeah, um, only coin machines for him.
2: Yep. So <laughs> he does, in fact, make his daughter shit in the car, Uh she she reveals that she does not have to pee And he does make her do it That is revealed because she says I hate you dad In a cutaway shot
3: So yeah let's be clear So his daughter says she has to use the bathroom He says uh, use a jar She says dad I have to go number two yeah. Jason uh, she, sa- she says dad <laughs> Dad <laughs> I'm prairie dogging it Jason explains uh, prairie dog in it is when a prairie dog yeah. sticks his head.
4: Yeah, no, this is actually important. If the movie is going to explain it, we should explain it too right. for, our, for our audience. When, ca- a like,
2: dead, yeah. when a prairie dog is poking in and out of his hole. And then you take a, a beat and then react with uh, utter disgust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Unbelievable. Okay, so
2: his daughter is shit in the car. That's where we leave it. I think this is maybe where they are pulled over, and he gives the Bugs Bunny batting the eyelashes routine, right at the cop. Well, so
3: I love that he. So John Lovitz puts on his salsa music and says, "Push away, honey, push away." As his daughter says, "I hate you. I hate you.
1: <laughs> I hate you. I hate you." All right, nobody look. All right, I'm gonna turn on the radio, honey. So You're nobody I'm not, can, don't Okay. Nobody can hear
2: you, honey. Push away. <laughs> I forgot there was salsa music yeah, playing. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah. yeah. It. So
3: that's pre—that's pre getting pulled over.
2: Yeah. Um. Early on in the movie, he is revealed to be a pretty reprehensible guy, uh, but yeah, he's got a schedule. Talk. He's got a schedule. Uh. Okay. So now we have a situation where the kids need to stop and they want to go to the Barbie museum. We're all obviously led to believe it is. They
4: see a sign. Is that right? Uh, Yeah. uh, Yes. I I believe so. Yeah. A roadside billboard, perhaps that Kimberly says, Oh, the Barbie museum. That seems fun. Uh, They give
2: uh, John Lovitz gives the excuse that his son would not be into such an activity his son says no way i'm wigging out back here the exact I'm wigging out back she is. here so th- they have to stop at the barbie museum the what the wife makes them
4: uh, she yeah she makes i believe clear. she head- she headbutts him if i'm not she mistaken she does right? she does headbutt yeah. him and she <laughs> now of course is forced to yeah, we over
3: we wind up at the klaus barbie museum yes, <laughs> this the, is yeah. the butcher Nicholas- of Leon. <laughs> Nicholas Klaus Barbie, who is a Nazi, formerly known as the Butcher of Lyon. He personally tortured prisoners of the Gestapo while he was stationed in Lyon in uh, 1983, I guess. He was extradited to France, where he was convicted of crimes against humanity, which, if you guys notice, that they kind of joke about in the film when the uh, the guy at the uh, Barbie Museum was like, crimes against humanity. I was like, yeah, no, actually, he was convicted for crimes against humanity, went to prison, died yeah. of cancer in prison on September 25th, 1991.
4: Damn, mm. dude. So he was not, in fact, a three-time ballroom <laughs> dancing, dancing champion? <laughs>
0: definitely write that down yeah, too I, my research didn't that wasn't
3: so <laughs> focused on his uh dancing yeah ballroom dancing uh,
4: Lovitz's reaction to that line oh is boy. one of the one of the great reaction shots bug <laughs> eyes <laughs> just eyes <laughs> bulging out of his oh skull oh my god in the entire movie uh, Um
2: so I very much enjoyed uh, they realize this is Probably not a situation that they should be in, and we wha- should
4: also make it clear in case there's any confusion that this John Levitz's character and his family are are very clearly a Jewish family. Yes. that that should yeah. be noted.
2: They bring up that they would never drive a uh, a Volkswagen, Volkswagen. right? Earlier People. on, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 right. yeah,
4: yep, yep. It's established,
2: yep. So they are at the museum, and everyone senses how awkward and awful this is and one of the kids asks the mom can we go and the mom just goes like like you're being rude there's a tour going on which lasts for like two seconds before they say something truly horrible and they make it up up an excuse that they have to get to a book burning yep or a christening
4: and a christening yeah and or a christening yeah yeah I and, love how like those
2: two are equated.
4: <laughs> and Lovitz on
2: the way out says to the guy, "Love your do. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: because yeah, Lovitz needed to to get that in
4: there. Yeah, yeah, probably an ad lib. Very, very good yeah
3: I mean we should be clear obviously that they, as Jews, find these people at the museum totally reprehensible
4: yeah um, to be clear the the, the tour guides are neo nazis themselves yep, they are yes. clearly, Swastikas they're
2: all over the place yeah they're presenting
4: yeah. you know the the lighter the the friendlier side of Klaus Barbie. they are clearly celebrating some yeah. this is not a Holocaust museum type of museum. this no, is a no, celebration no. of <laughs> A monster. <laughs> One of his so greatest. So
3: Lovitz and his family are mortified, obviously, of being at this place. They leave, and before they have the chance to leave, the uh, neo-Nazis figure out, hey, these are Jews. We should mess with their car. So they bust no. them. No, no, it's
2: the brothers. Oh, oh. It's yeah. the oh, wait, brothers. Didn't blame. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. What am yeah. I saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They...
4: Right. It, They sabotage the car. They sabotage the car. They see it from the road. Yeah, right. So
2: So they do not have an engine. That's what it is. Right. Yeah.
4: Yeah. They need an alternative. And what do they do? Again, when you push to extreme measures, you take Adolf Hitler's Hitler's Mercedes. Mercedes. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) So they wind up stealing Adolf Hitler's Mercedes Benz. Yeah, his touring
2: car. Yep. His touring car. So, the car goes a That's funny. (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh, So, the kids are making the point that, oh my god, we stole Hitler's car. John Lovett says, Hitler had it coming. And then, when further pressed, asked about the Nazis, says, they're always pissed. They're Nazis. It's like their job. Uh he is really delighting in driving Hitler's car. I, I yeah. believe he says woohoo at one as, point.
4: As uncomfortable as he clearly was in the Klaus Barbie Museum, he is like, <clears throat> he's yeah. just carefree, easy breezy, uh, riding in Hitler's touring touring Mercedes Benz. With swastikas. Uh, he, yeah, he really seems to be delighting in, in getting one over on old Adolf. Um And uh, yeah, but it is, uh, some things go wrong quickly. Yes,
2: yeah, so, okay, so he, refresh my memory, he somehow hurts his finger. Well, first, he tries right?
4: to to work the, um, there's a cigarette lighter in the car. Cigarette yes. lighter. Um, oh, boy. And he's like, oh, gosh, like this probably doesn't work, but then he pushes it, and sure enough, it gets hot. So he burns his burns finger. Burns his finger, yeah. And then... Um, he. Well, he sets it aside... Right, he sets it aside. Right, he puts it on the dashboard. Oh boy, I can't that... wait for
2: the reemergence <laughs> of the cigarette lighter. Yeah,
4: he puts the cigarette lighter, still lit, still very hot, on the dashboard, um, which is a very critical move. Um, and then, I guess it cuts away. It's like literally impossible to describe this it's, movie because these it's, these little narrative just arcs constantly cutting. they happen in yeah. little snippets, and then they go to another narrative arc for a different character. So yeah, when we so return, like ten minutes, they're still passed, in the car. So. Yeah, ten minutes later. There's lots of other stuff that transpires with other characters. His daughter
3: has found sunglasses that belong to Ava Braun.
4: His wife finds some old lipstick. lipstick. Yes, right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So she puts the or No, she doesn't actually put it on, or she starts to, but then for some reason that's like a bridge too far for Randy, so he's like, you know, get rid of that, put that away, and he somehow wipes Wipes the lipstick on his finger, smears it on his finger. This is dark lipstick because Ava Braun, of course, is very stylish, as we know. So then to get the dark lipstick off of his fingers, Randy wipes it on the middle of the steering wheel that he is holding. Um, You know, uh, sort of understandably enough. Um, And then I guess it's like, again, another cut, like later on, they're back in the car. We come back to them and they're riding alongside. in, In
2: that scene, can we just talk about Hitler's harmonica quick?
4: Because... Oh, the har- I forgot about the harmonica, <laughs> the harmonica. so <laughs> oh, the son
2: is playing a harmonica in the back oh, of this Mercedes band. oh my
4: god I just realized something guys the harmonica comes back
2: yeah there? it does oh yeah yeah. oh yeah. I just made that connection oh boy yeah we're, <laughs> we're gonna get into it oh my yep. god okay so <laughs> the son is playing a harmonica which obviously is Adolf Hitler's harmonica John Lovett says stop playing Hitler's harmonica you can't do that and the son says yeah but you're driving his car to which John Levitz replies yes but I'm not touching it with my mouth I'm not <laughs> sucking on the dashboard I'm not getting his germs which uh, really was an A plus line for me
4: yeah there is a weird double standard it seems like where Randy is like the only one allowed to have fun and he's clearly having a lot of fun he says but he's." Yeah, Several but times. then he's also like <laughs> sh- sort of shaming the rest of his family for trying to like join in. It's very weird. Yeah. 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 It almost seems like almost like self-hating behavior in a way. So Chris,
2: we get to we get to the bikers and man.
4: Mom yeah, this Alfred is when it says. all this is when it all goes tits up. Yeah, there's a motorcyclist riding alongside the car and Oh, I guess it's right. It's it's at this point that he touches the the cigarette lighter. Right, we jumped ahead. Mm-hmm. Of that. Yes, we did. Sorry. Um, so he touches the cigarette lighter, burns his finger. He's kind of you know putting it in his mouth to cool it down, and of course, <laughs> as you do when you burn a finger, you extend it, uh, and it turns out it was the middle finger that he burned. <laughs> yeah, every and everyone does this. So he, he very, very inadvertently, um, but very blatantly flicks off. Uh, a, the, the motorcyclist riding alongside them and it turns out she doesn't take too kindly to that and she has a gang, a whole gang. He he says something not great to her. Yes. (laughs) Yep.
3: The gang winds up uh, beating uh, Hitler's uh, car that they're driving in. They destroy it. Correct me if I'm wrong here. At one point, what happens is Lovitz jams the brakes. The scalding hot a uh, cigarette lighter is injected into his mouth. It scorches it his tongue.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> scorches
3: yeah. his tongue, burns the inside of his mouth, of course. And when he jams the brakes, his head hits the uh, his face, and specifically his lip, hits the steering wheel of the co- of the car, which naturally has the dark lipstick on it. So yeah. now...
2: Wait, 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 guys. We we gotta break this down more. Because I literally watched this scene like ten times (laughs) and laughed so hard. Like, this is (laughs) definitely the funniest part of the movie for me. So, the biker gang is... Like ferociously attacking Hitler's car, <laughs> they are chain whipping it. They're smashing yeah. it up. We're talking like Road Rash two. Style. Yeah, exactly, exactly. John Lovitz says, "Are you insane? This is Hitler's car." <laughs> At which point, uh, either no, he does not slam on the brakes. He drives over a, a bit of debris. He hits a bump. Essentially, the cigarette lighter is pretty much injected into his throat. Yeah.
4: Uh, into his mouth.
2: He still has it in his throat. This was my favorite part of the movie. He gets <laughs> chain whipped <laughs> while still having the cigarette lighter in his throat. Just kind of casually spits it out. And man, it was <laughs> just a real chef's kiss moment. Magnifique. Oh my God. <laughs>
4: so yes, uh, now
2: he has uh, a Hitler mustache.
4: <laughs> well yeah so the reason so the the hitler mustache actually only comes after you know to evade this gang of of absolutely ferocious motorcyclists um you know he veers off the road this is also a very common uh sort of recurring trope that they use in the movie um he drives through a wall um the the, ve- the vehicle <laughs> uh, no, goes through a that. wall there's lots of of vehicles um you know breaking breaking through uh, through barriers and walls um Drives through a wall directly into a World War II veterans ceremony meeting of some kind. Um, Jams on the brakes. Somehow the car, you know, uh, drives through the whole thing, gets up onto the stage, I guess, like, you know, scales some (laughs) steps up onto the stage, slams on the brakes. um, At which point his face, you know, plunges forward uh, directly onto the steering wheel. Um, creating the, uh, lip, the dark lip, the Ava Braun lipstick, Hitler mustache effect. Um, and then of course, because of the cigarette lighter burn to his, you know, gums and tongue, he cannot speak very clearly. Um...
3: (laughs) So he's at a a basically a VFW ceremony honoring World War II vets. Yeah. And he basically gets up to the microphone now with this lipstick on his upper lip, which resembles a Hitler-like mustache, and his mouth and throat are scorched. So he's very incoherent and mumbling when he speaks. Again, uh, mumbling, incoherent speech, a theme that um, runs throughout the movie. And uh, what do you know? John uh, Lovitz uh, looks a lot like Hitler, and uh, he's sounding bizarrely uh, like Hitler. And he's uh, moving his arms in a way that uh, evokes. He's
4: very agitated. He's you know <laughs> yes. trying to, to you know gesticulate to the crowd to try to communicate in some way what has happened to him. You know we need to alert the authorities. This gang of motorcyclists. Uh, my motorcyclist is, is, is attacking me, but of course, uh, you know, when it comes out of his mouth, it's because of, due to the, 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 the burns, it, uh, it sounds very, very, uh, closely resembling, uh, a German accent. Um, and I feel like to summarize all this, we should probably just read, uh, the l- single line, uh, that encapsulates this from Wikipedia, which is due to a series of unfortunate events, Randy ends up looking and speaking like Hitler. Sure. yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> that is in <laughs> fact what happened. Um, yeah obviously the veterans are not uh, not, not, not taken very uh, not, not uh, you know, very pleased by this display. One yes. of them pulls out a gun and attempts to shoot Randy, um, putting him on the it. list of characters. Um, who are uh, come very close to being murder- another murder. attempted murder? Yes.
2: Also, Kathy Bates. Uh, we really quick. Kathy Bates
4: tries to murder Whippy Goldberg, and her. Yeah, daughter. I'm actually looking down my list here, and I'm pretty sure that every single character is, if not like, you know, deliberately attempted uh, murder at the hands of another character. Comes close. I mean, I guess Dwayne yeah. and Blaine almost
2: signed in the monster truck rally.
4: Oh yeah, very they, they very
2: in. cool slow mo shot. By the way, oh yeah,
4: that was I a legit shot. really
2: enjoyed that.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, think it, green screen guys. On or in what, the interest really of time, uh, sure. yeah. because we can really go forever here, I'm going to drive <laughs> us toward the end. So sure. we should talk quickly about some of the other, uh, and this will be out of order. We don't. It doesn't. This doesn't need to be sequential. or Whatever. So we should probably quickly mention Mr. Bean and the heart. Uh, yeah, and Wayne true. Knight Wayne we should Knight. probably quickly mention Kathy Bates we have a cameo from Kathy Bates I thought it was interesting that Kathy Bates uh, was pushing these squirrels on on uh, v- Vera and, and Merrill, and they didn't want a squirrel and as consequence um, they almost died she gave them bogus directions yeah, and a- almost had them killed well, it was very was
2: Annie. Uh, what's Annie's last name from, misery? from it, misery? It was it was very much a Misery throwback. I yeah, feel like, like you
4: oh, you, you're not accepting my uh, my, my charity now. I yeah. must murder. Even her
2: care. like clean yeah. language. She like had yeah. her own version of swearing, which wasn't swearing. Uh, so
3: let's talk let's talk mr bean and the heart and then uh we need to drive to the end with of course smash mouth so let's talk (laughs) mr bean and the heart how do we meet uh wayne knight talk us through this whole piece of the film here so wayne knight is a courier i guess right he is gonna yeah, be driving
0: an order. A yeah. medical courier, yeah.
4: yeah. A Medical
3: courier. He hits Mr. Bean with his car and quickly uh offers him a ride to New Mexico. Is that right, Ben?
4: Yeah, I was a little unclear exactly why he you know, how they uh how Mr. Bean actually gets into the van. But yeah, Enrico is asleep in the casino standing up because he is narcoleptic. Um, Wakes up and, you know, remembers that he's in this race, so he runs outside directly into traffic and gets hit by a van driven by Wayne Knight.
0: Taxi!
3: Taxi! Taxi!
4: And who shows up but Gloria Allred? Yeah, that was actually one of the biggest laugh lines for me in the entire movie is the callback to Gloria Allred. Like, the first time I was like, all right, that's kind of dumb. What a pointless cameo. But then when they do the callback, when she comes out, she's like on a balcony and she's like, I'm coming. No,
1: no, no, no. No, 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 no. Don't move. Stay there. I
0: saw the whole thing. I'll be right down.
1: Oh, shit. Gloria Allred. Hey, buddy. Buddy, you okay? You okay? Yeah. You're fine. You look great. You don't want to report this to you. Taxi. You don't need a taxi. Come on. Come on. Uh, where are you going? Maybe I can drop you off. Silver City, New Mexico. I am in a race. Silver City. This is your lucky day. I'm going to El Paso. It's right on the That way. was actually that
4: was hilarious. That yeah. That great was, callback. Uh, yeah. That was really good. Um, so anyway, I guess out of like guilt, um, Wayne Knight, um, offers uh, to, to you know he's on his way to New Mexico so he offers uh, a ride to Enrico um, and then yeah very quickly he starts acting erratically I would say he reveals that he is carrying a heart transporting a something heart.
3: that's awesome about Wayne Knight I think just kind of generally is he is always kind of playing these characters with like a perverse fascination with oversharing, sort of like unseemly things, unseemly stuff. Be it here mm-hmm. with a human heart, mm-hmm. or in Jurassic Park, you know, kind of ogling yeah. over this amber fossil filled with like definitely, mosquito or tick. Definitely uh, brought tick to mind his dinosaur blood
4: yeah his performance in Jurassic Park for sure sinisterly um, obsessed with something yeah, yeah he's, he's right. always kind
3: of playing a guy with a, a dirty little secret or, and holding like this, this like
4: precious cargo that he has yeah. to like protect but then doesn't wow. protect good point
3: yeah, yeah yeah
4: yeah like so he
3: always has this and like the male, you know little Seinfeld. he always has this secret <laughs> yeah. has this secret object that he's responsible for but it turns out he's maybe not the most trustworthy or maybe not the most responsible person so yeah so, so here Definitely he is transporting <laughs> he's transporting a heart he shows as he's driving out to new mexico with mr bean he says, uh, "Hey, you know, you know, what's back there. It's a heart. You want to see it? Mr. Bean is looking at it. Of course, naturally, it's a heart. And yeah. you know, they start playing with comedy, it. As God. you do, all comedy yeah. ensues. The window is rolled down. The heart. Mr. Bean loses his grip on the heart. The heart pops out of the window. All of a sudden, now the heart is is gone. They have to pull over, look for the heart. Yep. A dog finds the heart." Uh, and then the dog runs away with the heart, but he runs into an electrified fence. The dog is electrocuted. They get the heart yeah.
0: back.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Newman, at this point, picks up the heart and is trying to convince himself, I think, that it, it's still okay for a moment. <laughs> Realizes that it is not okay and yeah. punches the heart several yeah. times while making a comical flatline noise. Um, Newman gets pretty unhinged here. I would say. Yeah. Where starts talking about finding drifter. A new heart. Yes. And suggests they murder a drifter because it n- gets dark quickly. No one will miss them. Uh, I did like that. Mr. Bean at this point says, Mr. Zach, you are giving me the freak out. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a good Mr. Bean line. A good one. Yeah. Uh, and then Mr. Bean runs away and... Well, realizing that suddenly
4: well, he uh, realized, Newman he realizes is targeting him. Newman yes, 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 drifter. yes. Sorry, yeah. yeah.
3: He realizes Newman is going to kill him. Right. He, yeah. Basically, Newman is suggesting that, hey, why don't I kill you and take your heart in lieu yeah. of this other heart that I've No one you know, would miss you. Up. You're here right. from
4: Naples. Your family's not with you. You have no family. He says, yet. look... Mr. A, Bean a intuits
3: drifter. all this. <laughs> Mr. Bean intuits all this, makes a beeline for a train, and... Incredibly, <laughs> leaps onto the chase, really Speeding incredible. bullet
4: train. Yeah, yeah. it's it really just a remarkable.
3: It's a remarkable cinematic moment. Uh, you have to see it. You have to see it to believe it. Yeah. But uh, you know, so so just when Newman loses his one chance to get a, a fresh human heart, he escapes and uh, be. Remind me what exactly happens here? Newman sort of grabs the fence in anger. Yes. And, That's exactly. And he what gets happens, ele- yeah. he gets electrocuted, he gets which which sort of electrifies the heart and brings yep. the heart back to life. It's all and of a sudden then it's pulsing, it's beating again, and boom, we back in business.
2: Giddy, yeah. He, he <laughs> does a little woo- John Lovett's woo hoo moment of his own. Yeah, yeah. So we smile
3: are back,
4: gets back across his face,
3: back in business with that beating heart. Um, Mr. Bean is on the train, and then. Uh, Guys, in the interest of time, let's let's try to wrap it up here. So let's chase, yeah. get yeah let let's get to Smash Mouth. Tell me how we let's get Smash it. Mouth involved. So basically, long story short, uh, everyone makes their way to the locker. Mr. Bean gets there first. He makes it just a, a moment or two before everyone else, but he falls asleep at the locker. But before everyone can claim their money, uh, Vicky the sex worker and Harry they claim the money. They make a beeline. Uh, yeah,
4: Harold and, is the attorney who was like the assistant to Mister Sinclair. Um, yeah, was right. born
2: without a personality, as John right
4: Cleese describes him. Has no personality. Dave, Dave Thomas,
2: he, very funny guy.
4: Yeah, Dave Thomas, amazing guy, amazing actor. Um, uh, but he does apparently have you know an affection for for Vicky, this the sex worker who uh, again uses deceit and. Um, and, uh, I would say, you know, uh, a misrepresentation of her, of her, you know, motives, uh, to get what she wants, which is this duffel bag of $2 million from the right. locker. Um, so they start taking off with the cash, um, so, after. So this is a hard segue. This, this like yeah. two
2: minute sequence, I, I was like, how dollars. did we get to Smash Mouth? So yeah, I'm still unclear. Yeah. So yeah, the hot air balloon. It is the cow in. and the hot air balloon that yeah. is the bridge here. They are back after not being in the movie for quite some time. Yeah. The right. cow falls into the car with yeah. Dave Thomas and the escort girl uh, Vicky. Was that her name? Vicky. Vicky. Yeah. 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 Um, the cow is driving the car. At one point I don't mm. know if you guys do <laughs> that. That. The cow yeah, is definitely was driving the car driving At one point I yeah. Yeah. Uh, guess he had
3: both hooves on the wheel there The yeah.
2: money somehow gets Caught up in the hot air balloon I believe right. It's hooked the onto the rope yeah, that the right. cow
3: was on Yes,
2: right Yeah. So, right. That, okay, so that explains that That takes off and then they are all chasing The hot air balloon
4: yeah. yeah. At this point, all competitors are now on a single uh, sightseeing tour bus, yes, um,
2: driven by QB Gooding Jr. because he has buffed driving
4: experience. He's now a very experienced and accomplished bus driver, um, and they seem to be like somewhat organically uh, working together. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe not intentionally at first, but then they sort of you know decide at some point uh, during this pursuit of the hot air balloon that. You know, it's in their best interest if they stop competing and start, um, you know, well, uh, you get uh, yeah, exactly. Money. Co- cooperating is the word. Yeah, right. Um, so the hot air balloon eventually lands, um, and I forget. There's, you know, like more sort of obstacles that they have to. Do they crash get again? It crashed into. I'm trying to think here. Uh, Do They crash the bus. Um, the tour bus definitely crashes through a wall. I thought so. Yes. Yeah. yes.
2: Tour <laughs> we bus did bring up <laughs> this happens multiple yes,
4: times. Yes, it does crash through a wall. Um, and then the hot air balloon crashes into like the roof of a stadium. This was, I uh, this
2: I was very confused
4: about. But yeah. At first yeah. I was like, is that a barn? But then they crash through a wall and they're suddenly on stage. But it's yeah. like at pitch
2: a black.
4: Cr- yeah. Like they can't. the light, like that light suddenly come up and they're at a concert
2: but they can't like sense that there's oh, an all the audience there? is that yeah, what
3: they, I, they they, they wind up at, at a concert it's it, if you can't watch this movie twice and figure it out visually i don't know how our audience is supposed <laughs> to be able to hear this and understand but all that matters is uh, our contestants wind up chasing this bag of money and they find themselves on a theatrical performance stage and it's dark And then the lights pop up. They turn around, and there is a... They hear the crowd, and they realize they are on stage at a Smash Mouth benefit concert for a charity called Feed
0: the Earth... It's Smash Mouth!
3: Out comes Smash Mouth, and the group suddenly finds themselves in a very precarious situation where the audience is under the impression that this group of individuals is going to be donating their $2 million to Feed the Earth.
2: Yeah. Based on a a series of misunderstandings.
4: Big ol' mix-up, yeah. Yeah. Classic mix-em-up where... Um, the crowd believes they are under the impression that that this is all part of the charity. That this is a massive donation. And up to that point, I think they showed on the board there was like 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 a few tens of thousands of dollars. I raise, think it like was like
2: eight thousand dollars.
3: <laughs>
4: honestly, I'm not even kidding. I think it was very low. <laughs>
2: wait, yeah. wait. I actually have pretty to, nice sum of money that. to be
3: honest with you. <laughs> I mean, you know, like it's, it's not it's not nothing. It's not I mean, nothing. Eight thousand yeah. bucks. Yeah, right. yeah, but. But if you're Smash Mouth, I mean... Two mil is a game changer, obviously, in terms of feeding the earth.
2: Um, So so so. I watched this two times in the past two days. The first time I just wanted general impressions, no notes. I watched it with my friend David, and he told me that this movie ends in the most 2001 way possible. And there were a number of fake-outs for me, where I was like, oh, this has to be it, or this has to be it. But... It is all revealed when one of John Lovis' well, child, I, uh, children, I think the boy says, yeah. "It's Smash Mouth." <laughs> yep. No,
0: it's Smash Mouth. And yeah.
2: then
4: yep. we are in a totally different movie. It is Jason yeah. that delivers the iconic line uh, that, of Smash course, Mouth. none of us will ever forget. It's Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
3: So. Um, Basically, guys, long story short here, because we, we got to wrap up the pod. The group makes the collective decision to donate their money. Uh, yeah. They, they, they make the decision. It's that not they, easy they for do, all of them. No. They're going to do the right it, thing.
0: <laughs>
3: they're going to do the right thing and feed the earth. And uh, it's a big win. Um, Lovitz has some uh, hard feelings. Yeah, he has some misgivings. So so the group decides they're going to donate their money. They're going to do the right thing. And uh, remind me the specifics here. Uh, uh, at this point, uh, Mr. Sinclair and his group realize what's happening. They get very concerned. They're flying a private jet to, to, to meet the group. And they show up
2: on stage and I d I don't uh, think they're concerned. They wanna they want like front row seats at this point. They don't realize they're about to get got by Brick and Meyer at this Smash Mouth show. So Yeah, they're just
4: there to like watch the end of like the extra yeah. innings end of their of their big competition here. Right.
2: So uh, yeah. they are more or less guilt-tripped into giving the money to Matching. charity. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I just meant the the contestants, the participants yes. of the Rat Race. One of my favorite right. is the little girl speaking Spanish, and then they say <laughs> to John Lovitz, "She said you are just like the
4: twelve disciples," <laughs> and John Lovitz fucking hates it. <laughs> um, yeah, because as we know, he is not a member of the Christian faith,
2: and just extremely petty. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, Breckenmeyer is like, we are going to have John Cleese and all of his cronies match this dollar for dollar. Yeah, Yeah. they get them on camera. Speaking
4: speaking of which, guys, I freeze-framed on the original uh, donation total for the Feed the Earth Smash Mouth fronted charity concert. This is something that, you know, presumably is is trying to replicate, uh, you know, Live Aid, Farm Aid, uh, events like that. The total donation prior to the $2 million uh, showing up is $9,526. Close. This very close. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. What a, what a sneaky burn on Smash Mouth. <laughs> yeah, like all these people are at the concert already. What happened? It's happens? a massive arena, f- yeah, well, stadium filled with people. I mean, it looks like goddamn Woodstock out there.
3: Times are tough, guys. You know, <laughs> like... I mean this is what they this is what Smash Mouth was able to turn out, you know, 9 9 grand. Yeah. I
4: don't know, uh, man. I I think it's that's that's pretty That's tw- pretty 25 pathetic.
2: cents a ticket.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean we're talking 2001 pre-911. The economy is doing pretty well here, you yeah.
2: know. Uh John Cleese distinctly <laughs> asked him on camera like, "Oh, well, what do you what do you think about the starving children?" And John Cleese just goes, "Uh, whatever." Like, so <laughs> Disinterested, obviously on camera, just whatever.
4: Yeah, does not give a shit.
3: So uh, I'm gonna put a bow tie on this. So um, we we end the film here. So uh, with with uh, all of our our, our whole gang uh, donating <laughs> their their winnings to feeding the earth. It's matched by John Cleese. Uh, everyone at this point. Uh, goes crowd surfing, right? We have yep. Smash Mouth playing All Star. Uh, it's a very 2001 moment, um, and uh, from there, roll credits,
2: right? We did have you guys notice dancing on stage? Did you guys notice the total? How it went from like nine thousand five hundred dollars to like twenty eight million dollars in like three minutes
4: oh was it 28 because I saw it ticking up I'm trying to actually like look through it right now I think it does get 5,000, 6,000 8,000 absurdly high at some point oh by the end
2: and then uh, uh, while they're dancing it's in the background
4: oh that's funny okay because at first I was like you know John Cleese's character is absolutely freaking out since he has to match all this money but I'm thinking to myself like all right, we're talking like Ten million dollars. Like I think he'll be okay. He owns a casino right. in Las Vegas. Like I'm it's like friends know. with like Saudi princes. Yeah, so yeah I'm, pretty I'm
2: pretty sure, sure it cracks twenty mil and is still climbing fast. During, I mean, All Star starts up and.
0: Yeah, you just once get in all, that once, giving
2: mood, you know.
4: Yeah, exactly. Once those, once those uh, opening notes of All Star yep. get going, you'd be, the the wallet's open and the panties dropped. If you know what I mean. So we've got um,
2: a Hitler harmonica solo, <laughs> the
4: harmonica <laughs> call- callback, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which now Randy is playing. No problem whatsoever. Not he totally is rocking that. that thing. Yeah, more uh, of the
2: theme. I can have fun, but my family can't. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah incredible yeah a real incredible. double standard there um and QB getting jr breakdance is hard though. oh yeah he really busts out uh some some moves some spins um all right i so, mean what did what did we learn here guys yeah ba- 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 basically
3: yeah what what did we learn what is the movie about to me you know i think it's sort of a pretty searing indictment of capitalism like we've been talking about um just kind of the the ruthlessness capitalism brings about in people uh the measures we take to beat out competition fairly or not and then also just you know uh hey isn't it great when a billionaire swoops in and uh feeds the feed, feeds the earth right like i mean sure. it can happen so mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know be thoughts uh big big overarching themes what's the movie about what did we learn here
2: I think these are all very flawed people who, I want to think of this as a tale of redemption. I feel like by the ends, even if people aren't totally on board with it, they do the right thing. Uh, First of all, they agree to cooperate and just realize, hey, it's better that we all get something rather than nothing. And then they all give it away. Again, I believe Mr. Bean
4: starts the starts the party here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Seth Green Dwayne is the last one to. Seth Green is the last holdout. Yeah, yeah, but it's basically you know maternal guilt from his like dead mother that. Oh yeah, that was a weird
2: tacked on scene. I felt
4: like kind of kind of weird.
2: At the end of the day, though, uh, it was a two million dollar prize. These people did way more than two million dollars worth of. Property damage, <laughs> and uh, like they are going to jail forever. Yeah, yeah they're all
4: they're going to jail. Like t- eight to ten cases of attempted murder here. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of damage done. Uh, that yeah, that was that was caused by this this competition. Every
2: person committed a crime in this movie. Yeah, a lot,
3: of, a lot of damage done by a lot of terrible people. <laughs>
2: <things>. <laughs> yeah, that should be the tagline to
0: this movie. <laughs> again
4: coming coming full circle (laughs) with uh with the themes that our podcast is obsessed with um yeah all right um i think we're gonna
3: we're gonna wrap it up here b um tell us where people can find you online so you're on mixcloud as dj sparkle motion Yep. we know about
2: Mixcloud.com uh, slash SparkleMotion. You can search uh, right. Smash TV. It's Smash TV Music on YouTube. Yeah,
4: uh, check out his latest mix, "Stackery Dreams. Oh, yeah, highly, highly you. recommend it. Great, 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 great.
3: What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, Swish FM. Swish FM is uh, selling merch. So if you guys want to support the podcast, you can go grab a hoodie or a t-shirt we're going to be putting out some other cool stuff um so Re- real quick, Chris. dot com slash slash merch swish Was- dot com slash
4: merch was that a, was that was that peach number that I received in the mail? Was that a one off or is that actually available to, to the public? That's that's a one off, but Ooh, wow.
3: um, I'm, I'm I'm getting a lot of uh, interest in the peach uh, the peach Sherbert, uh yeah. swish FMT. So I think that might actually become a regular. You
4: liked how that yeah looked? that is that has been a big it's big good. hit in my household. Okay. Yeah, great for sure
3: great great cooking. Great, great, yeah. great. All right, like so
4: treat. yeah.
3: Um, oh Thank you, B. Shields, for joining us here on the Rewatchables. This has Mm. been another Rewatchables installment. Talk about a treat. My pleasure. Thank
2: you, guys. I think
3: think we did it, guys. This was uh, the Rewatchables Rat Race. Mm. and uh thanks man thanks for joining us and uh I'll talk to you guys in a little bit
4: thank you so much B what a what a what a gift what a pleasure it's been um and uh yeah what can I say thank you guys uh, so much for having me uh can't wait to do the skin sometime
0: you've been listening to Switch Switch Switch, Switch on. On.